All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll get things started by talking about the World Series as the Houston Astros defeated the Philadelphia Phillies in six games. We'll talk about how this affects their legacy following the sign-sealing scandal of the past few years and just more thoughts on this series and starting to look ahead to the MLB offseason with several notable players set to reach free agency. We'll also talk about the NFL Week 9 is in the books and we'll give our thoughts on some of the action from this week really within the larger context of reaching the halfway point of the season hand out some superlatives biggest surprises biggest disappointments and look ahead to the rest of the 2022 season we'll also touch on a couple of topics that transcend sports but involve players and teams notable for this podcast as Kyrie Irving has been suspended for five games by the NBA for failure to disavow anti-Semitism, and the Bruins signed and subsequently released a player who was convicted of racism and bullying of a classmate uh, back as a teenager. We'll also give some thoughts on a very exciting weekend of college football. Georgia knocks off number one Tennessee. LSU beats Alabama, seemingly knocking the Crimson Tide out of the playoff picture. Notre Dame dominates Clemson, seemingly knocking the Tigers out. So lots to touch on there. Things starting to get clear as we approach the final weeks of the regular season. And finally, in honor of Election Day, we'll count down our top five favorite fictional politicians to conclude this episode. So a lot to get to in this one. With that, let's get started. hate how it's already pitch blackout when we're getting started oh i can't stand it can't stand it Uh, i i'm that guy that what do you call it seasonal depression yep oh yeah i I, i'm i'm totally 100 affected by it i hate that it gets pitch dark out at 5 p.m even earlier Uh oh i know it's it's sad (laughs) and like i'm used to not that long ago where it's like we'll go through these by the time we get to top five five questions like oh it's just starting to get dark and now it's i it's completely it's already completely black outside yeah just it's tough um you know definitely excited about the idea of daylight saving time just being the permanent not having to to deal with this anymore i don't know what's really happening with that but um yeah, no, that's not. It's not very fun. All the clocks, yeah, too, right. I know. Have you done done that everywhere? Adjusted. Yeah, all the I, clocks? I've done that. I've I've done that in you know parts of my room and I, my car and I, one of my 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 alarm clock in my room. It it actually adjusted it two weeks earlier. Really? I, but I didn't know how to fix it. Oh. I don't. I don't know why it does that. Yeah. So for for the past couple of weeks, I've had to deal with like, oh, it's only. 
it's only seven something. Like I, I can sleep for another hour. Nope. It's actually, <laughs> I check on my phone. It's actually eight. So I'm like, I got to uh, get up now. Yeah. I, so, uh, so that's been kind of annoying. Yeah. So my alarm clock does not automatically adjust. I still have a digital alarm clock. I've, I've always been like a classic alarm clock guy. I've had the same one since sophomore year of college. And um, on Saturday night, when I was getting ready to go to bed, I told myself that I should adjust it, but I was so exhausted and too like lazy to even do that that I was like, ah, I'll just deal with it in the morning. And then when I woke up, I looked at my alarm clock and it was 10 o'clock on Sunday. I was like, ah, I should probably get up. I'm still tired, but I don't want to sleep until like noon. And then I like start playing on my phone and I'm like, hey, wait a second. It's 8.45. And uh, I'm like, oh, at this point I'm up. So I was uh, <laughs> definitely not running on the, the most sleep yesterday. And then kind of affects me in the day, which is unfortunate because I just passed on my extra hour of sleep that I could have gotten. Um, but yeah, I still have so to change you- my my um, ones in my kitchen. So like the oven and the uh, microwave. I'll, I'll get to those eventually. Yeah, th- those those ones I change. And, you know, I, I, I know you get the extra hour when it's this time of the year, unlike the spring, Mm -hmm. you know, like spring ahead, fall back kind of thing where you get the extra hour during the fall. But, but I just hate it because of how dark it is. It's not worth it. Yeah. The one hour. It's not worth it. I know I lose an extra hour uh, of the weekend in the spring, but I don't care. That means there's going to be more sunlight. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just, it's literally just one hour. I would rather the times not change at all. So I don't know what's going to happen with it. I mean, this, this definitely been pushes, but I, ideally this is the last time it ever happens and who knows maybe maybe uh new hampshire and north carolina will uh you know they'll handle it differently one of us will commit to daylight savings the other won't for some reason and we'll be working on different time zones which would be kind of frustrating um but yeah i uh i'm not happy about it already it's been two days and i just know it's gonna be really not fun for the next few months (laughs) Maybe the entire planet should work on the same exact time. That, I mean, that would be insane. But I, I, <laughs> I know yeah, time zones are great. <laughs> That's it's going a, too far. But I yeah, just thought, daylight savings. You know, that'd be kind of neat. Where, uh, <laughs> where, where, uh, you know, some parts of the world's completely like dark out at noon at and other nine in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that <laughs> where point, it's like it's Alaska. A comp- right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there this time of year, I think that there's places where it's dark almost twenty four hours a day. And then sometimes it's light almost 24 hours a day in the summer. So I couldn't handle that. I couldn't deal with that either. It sounds like kind of cool for like a few days, maybe, but I wouldn't want to do that year round. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, we can kind of get into this. So in addition to the, the clocks changing back, we had a lot of cool stuff happen in sports this weekend or not cool, depending on your viewpoint. And let's start off by talking about the World Series. Houston Astros are world champs after losing two of the last three following their 2017 scandalous win. Finally got over the hump, beating the Phillies in six games. And a lot of people are really upset about the Astros winning it all. And I got to say that I think that the fact that so many people are upset about it has just made me happier in, in like a a weird kind of way because we've talked about it. I have no oh, issue with that Astros. kind of stuff too. I have no problem with the Astros what? winning at all. And I'm just like, yeah, this is kind of funny now. All these people are pissed off about them. No, I'm that kind of guy too. When I don't really have a real, real rooting interest, I, I kind of root for whoever else is rooting. Everyone is rooting for. I, I kind of, well, in this case I was rooting. For yeah. Oh, I know you were rooting so for I the what, Phillies, so, but like, I, 
I just found myself like, yeah, I kind of like the idea of Houston winning because more people are going to be upset. I'd rather be on the other side of things. But if I'm looking at it from a glass half full of, okay, if the Astros win, then this happens. Uh-huh. Like you said that, you know, everyone gets pissed about it. It's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind that because I don't, I don't really care about that stuff. I mean, it's not great what they no, did. No, it's of course, not. I, I don't want to but... say like it was fine and it should be completely overlooked, but I think part of it is the fact that the Red Sox have their own sign ceiling accusations that they're involved with. And it, it probably didn't go as far as what Houston Definitely did, not as far I'm as sure Houston it was some, did, but... Something to an extent. And yeah. also the fact that the Astros beat the Yankees and the Dodgers and route to winning that world championship. And like, I'd rather them be the winners and cheaters than either of those teams win at all. So it's hard for me to be like that upset about what happened to them. And I think that this win just kind of justifies how great of an organization they are in terms of producing talent because there aren't too many holdovers from that 2017 team and they've still found a way to you know through free agency drafting to put together an incredible baseball team that won 106 games and a really fun one at that like they're they're a fun team to watch play baseball i'm still kind of annoyed by them like I, but I don't well, hate them it, like everyone else. You're annoyed I just, I'm because just annoyed they, that they keep they keep making yeah. it and and they just won't go away. And but I, I, don't, I get that aspect. But of I don't it. hate them. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Pena, like he's he's going to be a star for a long time. Like just an incredible rookie season, first ever rookie shortstop to win a Gold Glove, and he goes out and wins both ALCS and World Series MVP. And that's after replacing a guy, Carlos Correa, former number one draft pick multiple-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner, big part of that 2017 championship team. So I think it's super impressive what he's done. Really fun player. And then, of course, Dusty Baker, the manager. Like, everyone seems to love him. So Oh, yeah. I, you, you can say what you want about the Astros, but Dusty Baker, he's kind of like the Andy Reid of baseball where he'll make some really bad in, in-game decisions that you'll look you'll look back and think twice on where it's like what was what was he thinking there but he's he's been a manager forever like Andy Reid uh-huh. and I feel like he's been a coach forever and yeah. but no matter where he's been all the players gravitate towards him and like him and and finally got the monkey off the back and finally got the first ring yeah oh and it's After great I know he he won as a player but finally won as a manager yeah and he's someone who like I didn't have the same love and appreciation for him when he was like manager of the Cubs and the Reds, just given the the Pirates connection there. But it's cool to see this guy win. I love how he, during the last out, instead of immediately celebrating, was marking down F9 in his scorebook. And I, I think that I've seen a lot of comments saying he probably dreamed of that moment for a long time, like he was going to be writing in the scorebook that final out as you know he's finally a world series winning manager and there are plenty of reasons to believe he would finally get it done given he managed for so long managed a lot of great teams so i thought that was really cool just another like appreciation of dusty baker old school manager uh, and yeah i mean it's hard for me to feel anything other than like joy for him and plenty of other members of that team. Trey Mancini, another one, like, you know what he went through. Yeah. Yeah. Those are definitely good stories. One, one fun fact that I saw was that, so Dusty Baker's managerial debut was April 6, 1993 versus the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals leadoff hitter was a, Geronimo Pena, Jeremy. I saw that as well. That is really cool. And then, yeah, his son ends up going on to win the MVP in his first ever World Series win as a manager. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a cool story. I think it's fun. I know this Astros are still going to get a lot of hate. And I, I do see the side of it where it's weird that Major League Baseball is like hyping up this team, given that they really let them off. And like in a lot of ways, it's like, ah, you guys suck for this. But it's also trying to separate the two teams. I think there's enough reason for me to be able to do that. You still have Jose Altuve. You still have Alex Bregman. Five you players still have Justin Verlander. from the yeah. Five players from the 2017: Verlander, Yuli Gurriel, uh, Bregman, Altuve, Gurriel. Were the other two guys? Yeah, Yuli Gurriel. I don't even know who right, the last Gurriel, one is. Right, Gurriel. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, a lot of the team is very different, so it, it's hard for me to condemn those players. It's like, oh, you associate yourself with the organization. A lot of those guys didn't necessarily choose that. You know, some of them did sign in free agency, but like, I don't know. I don't really hold a grudge against any of those other players. I can still not be fond of the the ones who are part of that 17 team, but all the guys who weren't, it's whatever. Like, good for them. They they came together and they battled against uh, a lot of animosity and just proved they're a really great baseball team. So... On the flip side, I mean, the Phillies were a fun team. I think part of the reason why I was pulling for Houston is it's just it's hard for me to like really get behind Philly fans. Like even having oh, friends and like you know, it's it's they're, they're obnoxious. That's the hard part. I will say is that yes, I was rooting for the Phillies, and I mean, there's guys on that team like Kyle Schwarber. I love Kyle Schwarber. He was he's awesome. Yeah, he's, I, he's I have a lot awesome of mixed feelings he's been, about but, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I I can't can't forget about that 2015 home run off oh, right. I mean that, that was the worst sports night of my life so it's it's hard <laughs> to yeah I mean at least in terms of a team that I actually rooted for like that that home run and like he, he's always gonna be associated with bad memories even when he's hitting them for the Red Sox last year which you know it's also kind of tough to see him have a lot of success after they uh, didn't bring him back but I don't know, he's he's had a lot of success wherever he's been he is a fun player he's f- fun player so I don't that's one. That's one example of why I was rooting for Philly, and I don't know. I just, I just thought they were a fun team to watch in the postseason, and yeah. So it, I'm kind of contradicting myself here because yeah, Philly fans, like Philadelphia sports fans, are ruthless people, and they're just they're just the worst. But at the same time, they're passionate. They are. Oh, I know. There's and like they really got into those games, yep. and so it's like uh, this is a real baseball market, and so for sure that and also just out of spite where. You have yeah, Schwarber's there and Dombrowski's there, and, and yeah. it's kind of a, kind of a you know, uh-huh. <laughs> thing I, for the Red Sox. I where... get it. I still don't have a problem with moving on from Dombrowski. I don't think he was bringing the Red Sox back to the World Series. I'm thankful that he went all in for that 2018 team, but I also question a lot of the moves he made afterwards that really have no. Put that's the Red that's Sox fair. I just I just like his approach more than what's happening now with Heim Bloom. No, I get it. No, it's going to be a big offseason for Bloom coming ahead. So, Yeah, I, I'm just I, – I haven't been a fan of what he's done uh, more than what Dombrowski did where I, I like I – I'm not saying I agree with every all the decisions he made. I certainly hated the sale contract, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I liked his style more than Bloom's. Yeah, I mean, his his style did win a World Series. That's uh, yet to be determined. That's kind of the Bloom. point. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's still <laughs> early. I think that Bloom is doing a more analytical, traditional approach. But, yeah. yeah we'll... Which is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see what happens this offseason. Uh, Xander Bogart's officially opted out of his contract. What are your thoughts? Like, Do you want him back, or where do you stand? There's a part of me. 
I, I, so I like Bogart. So there's, I, I lean towards yes, but I, at the same time, I kind of get it. But I just, I just hate that. I don't know. They brought in story for that kind of money, and now they're about to let Bogarts go. It's like between two, I'd rather have Bogarts. Oh, I, I agree with that. I would, so when you factor that in, uh, I don't like it. But I'd rather have Bogarts over story, but I'd also have Raphael Devers over Bogarts. Right. So. No, that makes perfect sense because I think Devers provides way more power mm-hmm. than Bogarts oh, does. Yeah, doubt. Bogarts is a really good OBP guy, but he doesn't provide the most power. He's already he's entering. He's thirty now. Right? Yeah, I don't he's, see him as a long term shortstop either. So yeah, and he's a he's a decent but not great fielder. Like, I think he's good, but yeah, I don't think he's he's, like he's a, a, okay. A he's good gold enough. Glove. No, not by any means. So right, I don't know what's gonna happen with Devers. I mean, I I really hope that the Red Sox sign him to an extension, especially if they just let Bogarts walk and sign elsewhere. But Bogarts isn't coming off a great season, like at least in terms of power numbers. He was up there in terms of batting average, but. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he barely he's hit three hundred. Like, it wasn't but, a very not, strong. Uh, he doesn't provide the most power, but at the same time, he's been there for what ten years. Yeah, two now? World Series About teams. That, two I know. Series, I get it. There is a nostalgia. He's been the. Or, he's been the. Yeah, whatever. Like, face of the franchise. Yeah, so he has just, been. No, I, I, I totally understand that side of things. I guess, uh, you know, I. It's one of those things where if they bring him back, I'm not going to be upset. But it's not the end of the world if they lose him, given other moves. Yeah. If they sign Devers to an extension they go out and sign signing pitchers that aren't Michael Walker and Rich Hill like you know go I don't know if Justin guys that are almost 50 but yeah (laughs) someone who's like an actual uh you know big time starter not just like some one year I'm over exaggerating with that but one year guys that were names or or that they were their their prime has passed them yeah I mean Michael Walker yeah that 2013 World Series against the Red Sox was fun but with the Cardinals uh, yeah and then like James Paxson with coming off tommy john surgery so uh there's definitely opportunities for kind bloom to kind of save himself this offseason or to just you know continue to ruin his image among the red sox nation so yeah i don't have high hopes (laughs) oh and i i I get it i get it we'll see what happens last offseason was a weird one given the lockout and like you had so many moves made early in like November and into December, right before the lockout. I'm curious if we're going to see a flurry like we did then, or if it's going to be, you know, guys not really signing until after the new year. I, I hated that. I remember that one off season where it was like Harper and Machado. Yeah, like neither of them signed until March. Free agents ever. And, and they didn't sign until March. And, and, and not only that, but when they signed, it was kind of like, whatever at that point oh yeah it wasn't like uh, oh my god this this guy signed here it's yeah when when all that time passes it's just, just like, like all right finally oh, he signed cool. with uh he signed with them yeah or he signed with philly he signed with san diego great uh-huh. like, okay yeah now i i would like to see earlier moves happen uh i guess we'll see aaron judge big free agent jacob de grom's gonna be a free agent uh you know there are plenty of guys out there edwin diaz already going back to the mets 102 million dollars five years biggest deal ever for a relief pitcher Gotta feel like the Mets had to make that move, bring him back. I mean, he's probably the best closer in baseball right now, but I have a hard time believing that contract is not going to look like a disaster by the end, just given the nature of relief pitchers. There are going to be a lot of trumpets playing. There, no, they won't. No, he's he's got a great <laughs> great entrance on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the Mets because uh, you know, of course, having Steve Cohen as their owner sets them up to spend a lot of money, but. 
Uh, I feel like DeGrom's gone. I don't think he wants to be in New York anymore. I think he wants to go closer to you mean Florida. he doesn't love that run support that he's got uh, in all, all those years it's been yeah <laughs> it, it's it's been sad career for him uh but yeah they'll definitely be an interesting team of course judge watch we'll see it as he go back to the yankees as someone else go and sign him to a monster deal uh but yeah it should be an interesting off season you know we'll, we'll see how things go for the i Red hope Sox. it's more interesting i mean it sounds like it will yeah, be it, with all those names uh-huh. it's just, a lot of I, short stops trey turner T- trey turner had a video release narrated by john ham just like hyping him up. I'm like, I don't know how he pulled that off, but I'm just like, oh, this, he should be the top player signed this offseason after seeing that video. So, um, I haven't seen it. Yeah. No, it was just like John Hamm being like, yeah, Trey Turner is amazing. He does really cool slides. He's a great defender at shortstop, awesome hitter. Just a really cool, like, all right. Uh, I don't know why Trey Turner is getting hyped up by John Hamm right now, but I think someone's going to see that and be like, you know what? We need to give this guy a gigantic contract this offseason so we'll see what happens there but yeah uh i definitely enjoyed this baseball postseason and i hope that it's only a matter of time before i'm watching with a legitimate interest not just like a neutral third party rooting against a handful of teams because that's what that was kind of it for me was just if i don't have a real real rooting interest when it comes to baseball Mm -hmm. like the other three sports i'll still be locked in but when it, i will say when it comes to baseball if it's not a if it's not a I'm, well th- this world series uh, it was an entertaining world series it was easy yeah, to watch i mean you had the, I didn't even talk about the first uh com- combined no hitter in playoff history oh. which like doesn't mean as much but still I, I remember i remember one time we did uh five questions you asked me about Madison Bumgarner's seven inning no hitter, and I decided to just be a troll and say, "Oh yeah, that's a no hitter." Like I know deep down, like that's not a no hitter. Uh-huh. And then and then that, that combined, that's not a no hitter either. It's combined no hitters. Yeah. So normally in the regular season, it's a who cares. I think because it's the playoffs, there's only been two before this. It's kind of significant, but at the same time, it was way no, more I, about I, the Astros. I don't, I don't winning care when it happens. Than... I still hate it. it <laughs> yeah, it shows you what modern baseball is now. We're just. You know, playing the matchups, well, you're the not, spin rates, and like all, this, all this nerdy stuff. Six innings. He's using four different guys. I, I like, I like the what baseball used to be with, like the, you know, the guy putting the team on his back. Yeah, Nolan Ryan uh, is throwing two hundred no, pitches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't have to go that far, but I mean, I don't know, like just yeah. twenty years ago with like. Schilling and Pedro. Oh no, I I get it. Yeah, I I I do kind of miss those days where it's like pitchers did go a little longer. But I also understand, like, yeah, you know, you kind of want to be able to pitch Valdez later in the series. Like, you're not gonna throw him out there throwing 140 pitches just to throw a no hitter in the playoffs. It's you know. I was ring for the hit. Oh, I uh, (laughs) I was. I mean, I I don't care if it's combined. Forget it. I I'm rooting for the hit. I wanted. I I thought the no hitter was kind of cool. I was just rooting for something. Like I I think by the time it got to the ninth inning, I was like, all right, I'm up at this point. Just finish off the no hitter. I don't want to stay up. Just that's a good point. It was five to nothing. It wasn't like it was one nothing. It wasn't. It was over either way, so it didn't really matter. But Uh still, I. Darn Larson, four guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I get I it. Know. No, it's just... huge difference. Huge difference. I mean, even Roy Halladay's no hitter. You know, was uh, it, oh, that was, was great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, same team. Uh, yep. Well, Phillies have been on both sides of it. Now. Phillies were the the team that got the no yeah. hitter. Both uh, in the same Halliday. same uh, ballpark too. Same ballpark, so, right? Yeah, that's... yeah. That that was a cool moment. Yeah, no, definitely cooler than this Astros combined no hitter. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll uh, probably talk some more baseball as you know, free agency and other moves happen. But we'll uh, move forward with NFL like we do every episode this time of year. And we are officially at the halfway point of the season. We are recording this before Monday Night Football, Saints, Ravens, one more game still to play. But uh, for the most part, we kind of are starting to get an idea of where to uh, you know, go from here. We're halfway through the season. A lot of surprises on both ends of the spectrum, good and bad. But before we kind of get into some superlatives... We had some big news, and I wasn't sure if we were going to do like a reaction to the Patriots game, but I feel like they're very much relevant given that their defense got Frank Reich fired. So, uh, I, that that game was a waste of time. <laughs> I, I'm so, <laughs> I I don't I don't really want to talk about that game because I don't feel like I learned anything from the Patriots other than the fact that they can still beat on teams that are totally inept and can't do anything and I, I again wasn't like all in on the Colts or anything, but they're I, I did like them in the the South Division, AFC South Division, and they're they're definitely not going to. They've been the an abs- absolute disaster point. this season. Yeah, that, that's yeah, they're just bad all around. Uh, and especially since Jonathan Taylor, I know it's a running back, but he is their best player, and he's been out for. I mean, he was a borderline a MVP season. candidate last season, and yeah, their yeah, offense exactly. like he revolved was, he was around him last year. year, and they have been just absolutely terrible with him injured most of the way. So, and then and then it's gotten to the point where 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 Matt Ryan's he, he's he's no longer the starter and it's now Sam Ellinger and I you know what I don't even care how I know Matt Ryan's washed but I don't even care like put put him back I think it's <laughs> oh it's a joke that he's benched for Sam Ellinger and uh, yeah that, that he's not the Sam Ellinger straight up sucks no like, he's not an, no he's not an NFL starting quarterback and no, I mean the, I, I know Matt Ryan is he's trust me he's on the like the 18th hole <laughs> right now uh-huh. but of his career but Matt Ryan was very much, no, he was the first scapegoat. And then Marcus Brady, their offensive coordinator was the second one. It it was only a matter of time before Frank Reich was fired. I didn't necessarily think Jim Mercy would make a move this early, but you know, he didn't want to delay the inevitable. And I think that the Colts are very much in the running for, you know, maybe not the number one overall pick at this point, given they have three wins, but they're not trying to win given that they just hired Jeff Saturday to be their interim head coach. Oh, that, that, You know, Jeff Saturday, uh, obviously a good center for the Colts, yeah, Payne and Manning's buddy. he does a pretty he, yeah, Payne Manning's buddy, and he 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 does a pretty good job on Get Up with ESPN. Yeah, I like I've always yeah, liked cool. him as an analyst. Yeah, yeah, I, I like he he's a good analyst, but I think that's such an insult to all the the rest of the assistant coaches that are still on the staff. Oh, for sure, you know, doing doing all the work, uh-huh. knowing all the ins and outs of the team, and then all of a sudden they just promote. Jeff Saturday, uh, uh, an analyst, yes, a Colts guy, but uh, he hasn't been the like, his his coaching experience is what high school. Yeah, he was he was a high school coach in Georgia. Never, he, and I don't even I don't even think their team was good. I yeah I uh, don't know anything about them. I, I I read it was like three he had like a three and seven record. Or something. Oh oh yeah so yeah definitely not good. Yeah so when I first like saw no this experience. I was like you know what that's kind of cool. I like Jeff Saturday. Like I said, Peyton Manning's longtime center, a friend of Peyton is a friend of mine. I I've enjoyed him as an analyst. Like, ah, why not? The Colts season is that, going to shambles. Why not bring in a fan favorite just that, to be a figurehead head coach? 
that was my first reaction too. Was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a neat idea. And if you need to tank, how about just <laughs> yeah, bring in bring well, him and then for, I saw you know half a season and see exactly. How it goes. And then I saw Brian Flores trending on Twitter. I was like, oh, this is actually right. something I didn't even consider. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a big win for that lawsuit because of course you know Jeff Saturday is getting a job out of nowhere, just not qualified at all. But I'm also looking at it from the perspective of. This is a dumpster fire. Like, you are not turning this position into a resume builder. So Saturday has almost taken one for the team saying, hey, I'll do it. I'm just going to be an analyst on TV the rest of my career anyway. So I don't have real head coach aspirations. Just put me in charge and save some of these other guys' faces so that way they're not associated with what's about to happen the rest of the way. That's how yeah, I'm no, looking that's, at it. That, no, I, I look at it the exact same way where it's just – yeah, like my first thought was like, oh, this is like a neat idea. But then all of a sudden I it just crossed my mind. It dawned on me that like, oh, the Rooney rule. Like, yeah, they're probably definitely more qualified. Yeah, uh, which the Rooney rule doesn't for that apply position, to Especially a minority coaches. like Brian Flores or uh, other guys. Like they're definitely, definitely uh, more qualified people for that position. But at the same time, you know what? Eight games or nine, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it's eight games the, at this point for them. Eight games, right. Yeah, eight games for them. It's not going to be a long-term solution. Just kind of whatever yeah i mean the colts need to make a move it's definitely an unconventional hire but it's not like steve nash being hired by the nets where it's like oh you're basically just coming in to coach a super team with no qualifications like this is not a desirable position so i think that that well that's not a desirable position well either. <laughs> i mean it didn't didn't work out well you know we'll get to the Nets later but uh yeah i mean i think at the time that there was a lot of criticism with steve nash just getting a head coaching job out of nowhere with a lot of people thinking he's about to win a championship and he'll just have this as as uh you know he just a handed uh career as a head coach for no reason but i don't think that saturday is really doing much with this and i think that a lot of people are probably going to continue to say oh look the colts suck because they hired jeff saturday and like look at this i, I think that's what they want they're tired of constantly going out with going like veteran quarterbacks like they want to put themselves in a position to get a guy like bryce young or cj stroud or even will levis or anthony richardson or whoever ends up emerging as a you know number three four quarterback in that draft class because that that's just a better move for this team Entering a rebuild with a young quarterback is going to be more fruitful than going out and getting another Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan type quarterback next year. Philip Rivers, you know that it just hasn't worked for them. That it's just and this year, no, yeah, they, they have to find a real long term option because they keep they just keep going on the same path of bringing in a different veteran quarterback and he's only there for a year and they find the next guy mm-hmm. with from from Rivers to Wentz to Ryan and it's just. At some point, yeah, you got to find the real. Just keeps getting like, worse and next worse. Next guy, so. long term option. Next guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, and it feels like the that's their best approach is just going through the draft, trying to put themselves in position where they can either maneuver up to the draft if they have too many wins, or just actually draft a guy and see what happens. So, we'll see. I mean, there's still half a season to play out. <laughs> I suppose there's still a scenario where you know Saturday rallies this team and turns their season around, but. I'm I'm pretty quick to dismiss any chance of that happening, given how yeah, bad the Colts no have looked it's, this year. It's, it's over. Yeah, I mean it, this <laughs> this game is terrible, and like you know the Patriots defense looks pretty good right now. They I think that there's reason to believe that the defense is good enough to get them to the playoffs. The offense, I don't know. How are you feeling with Max Jones right now? Back to back wins, not great. <laughs> I, I, I I he just this is kind of what I thought about when he got drafted, where they just drafted a jag. 
Yeah. Uh, he, he, it just seems, I don't know. It just, it's just average. It just feels like that. And now the thing is though, is that his rookie season, again, I thought he looked, he was better than I expected. He was very much so offensive of that, rookie I thought of the year there was, for most of the season. And because of that, I thought there was, you know, there's going to be an upward trajectory for him for the next season. Now that until uh, once they once I realized that they were losing McDaniel's and then they were hiring Patricia <laughs> and Judge yeah. as like their offensive coordinators, like all right, well this is going to be a lost season for for Mac Jones, and you know it's part of I think that's part of the struggles for him, but I I also think he just he, I don't know he doesn't deal with pressure that well uh, as well as I thought he would, and and Bailey Zappi's coming and he's arguably arguably looked better than he's he's definitely had more electrifying moments and yeah i mean that monday night game against the bears it like came out on fire and then that second half was just not great at all so it's it's tough to kind of really look at those two but i i totally understand like this you know inching to want uh you know zappy to get back out there because the patriots have won but their offense hasn't looked great the past two weeks a lot of nick folk field goals so if you got him in fantasy. Oh, yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles the best player on the team. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I mean, I, was, I mean, Judon. Really yeah, I mean, Matthew like, Judon honestly, is like a defensive him, player of the year candidate right now. But I think yeah, he leads the league I mean, in after, sacks. Yeah, I mean, Nick Folk has been a revelation as a Patriots kicker. He's been on the league forever. When they first signed him, it was like oh, I can't believe they got rid of Goskowski for Nick Folk, and he's continued. Well, they to be had a great other. Kicker. They brought in other guys like Shane Graham and. They brought in Kai Forbath for like a <laughs> one game. Uh-huh. Like they they were bringing in other guys. Yeah, but Folk is he stuck around. He's he 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 stuck and has been great ever since he he's been here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm feeling good about yeah the defense. Okay, I feel good about it, but okay, they played Sam Ellinger who sucks, and they played the worst quarterback in the league the week before in Zach Wilson, <laughs> who is just a total moron. I I can't stand that guy. Uh, and yeah, like it's just the, the 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 fact that those are the last two opponents at quarterback. It, okay, yes, they can again beat up on these crap teams, but once they face real face real competition later in the year, you know how how are, how's the defense going to look then? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what plays out. A lot of primetime games, and as much as you would say real competition, they're playing a lot of disappointing teams, uh, which we maybe well that's what the league into. is now. I know where everyone but, sucks. You know, like, I, nobody's I've talked good. about how. Uh, you know, I I love I love parody in league, or as Antonio Brown likes to say, parody. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I like parody, but it's not even parody. It's like mediocre. Oh, mediocre for sure. I mean, at this point, with the with the league, uh-huh. uh, it, it's it's a clear top tier of, you know, who the teams are, and then, you know, like that. I don't know. After like the top five, like six through like twenty six, you can make a case for any of them. Yeah. It feels like. Uh-huh. Oh no, I I totally agree. It's been a very weird season in that regard. Uh, it's been the it's been as weird of a season as I can remember. Yeah, I guess just like one quick comment to tie it in because I don't know if I'll get an opportunity to talk about them later. Right. So, at the end of last season, if you power ranked that twenty twenty one quarterback class, you know five guys in the top fifteen, throwing Davis Mills, who started for the Texans, he was essentially their first round pick. He was the first guy they took in the right, third round. Right. Mac Jones would be number one in pretty much anyone's eyes. Mac Jones played really well as a rookie. You could say maybe the situation around him was better than the other guys, but he didn't make the same kind of rookie mistakes. Down the stretch, faded a little, but he had the Patriots as a number one seed. Yeah, he had the best season of anyone in that draft class. At the halfway point of the 2022 season, 
you redo those power rankings. I don't know how you do two through six, but one is undoubtedly Justin Fields right now. Oh, yeah. The, Fields has been awesome. These past I, three I, weeks, the Bears have figured out how to use him. He looks like a star. Like, he went from... Shows you how Matt, Matt Nagy really, really, really... <laughs> Yeah, and even like those first six games, like the Bears didn't know what they were doing. And then finally, like, what if we try running Lamar Jackson plays with him? And all of a sudden, he's breaking the NFL record for most yards as a quarterback. Oh, yeah, like 178. Yeah, 178 rushing yards. yards. Yeah, super he, long touchdown. The last few weeks, he's been uh, he's been great. And yeah, the 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 plays that they're designed for him are, are really matching his skill set. Mm-hmm. And they're getting the most out of him, especially this these past few weeks. And, and I can see it continuing with the... Uh, couple easy matchups in their next couple games yeah i mean the, uh, with, the bears are detroit looking and, who is detroit and i think it's atlanta atlanta yeah. okay yeah i mean the bears are looking i mean i want to say somewhat of a competent offense i don't want to go too far yet the passing attack still limited their defense is still bad yeah they but, still have limit they're still limited in the passing game where it's they got they brought in claypool yeah which is which will it's an upgrade because <laughs> their receiver core is so bad that bringing him in he's already shocked they gave up a second round pick for him i know it's like i want to kind of root for the bears because i do like justin fields like i I think that they're a team that i've gravitated toward in recent years but i also want that pick to be as high as possible because the steelers own it now Um, (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i mean the dream scenario would be i think for bears fans is that they like justin fields continues to develop but they continue to lose games so their first round pick is high and then yeah, the Steelers get like the 38th overall pick. Sounds great. They can have a top 10 pick to get either the best receiver, best offensive lineman, best defensive player on the board, whoever. Um, and then, yeah, the Steelers can take advantage as uh, the second round pick. But yeah, I mean, the, I think that Justin Fields, these past few weeks, things have looked really well. And I thought he was great in the preseason. I think coming into the year, I was like, I, I don't know. I see a scenario where Justin Fields looks like a star and the Bears might be somewhat of a threat um i think after trading yeah, robert I, I Quinn and Rokon doomed. smith yeah <laughs> like, I'm not, no I'm not i get gonna... it and it's it's <laughs> impressive like how he's looked given their bad offensive line given their limited receiver and tight end weapons and you know they i think that the bears uh bears have someone who they can believe is finally like the first real franchise quarterback they've had in a long time it's jay cutler and a lot of guys that aren't very good and jay cutler being your best quarterback in the last 30 years doesn't say good who's, things yeah who's and jay cutler is just the just not a winner <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> yeah so we'll see what happens with them and we'll see what happens with some of the other teams as we move forward in the second half of the season but it's kind of look back in the first half and you know where things stand through those first eight or nine games and uh, let's start by handing out some superlatives for the biggest surprise of the season. So let's start with our most surprising team, a team that has overachieved and they're just a, a very happy surprise. So the t- if I had to pick one team that I'm surprised by most this season, uh, I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Uh, I, I'm definitely surprised uh, at their start or they... They've all, they're six and two, which is uh-huh. just just crazy to me. I I know that they they were look they were they could, it could not have been worse for the Giants like last season where so they, it it was only up upward trajectory for them for for this season like they're they couldn't be any worse than they were last year with with Joe Judge and now bringing Brian Dayball who's who clearly knows what he's doing but 
I didn't think they'd be six and two at this point because <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Okay, they got Daniel Jones, who yes, he's he has a lot of athletic ability as a quarterback, but we've seen like how much of a turnover machine he is, and and then Saquon, we saw last year where he didn't look explosive whatsoever, and it's like, is this guy going to be the same again? And 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 then the receivers with you know Tony, like he's not even here, he's not even in New York anymore, and then uh-huh. Galladay never plays, and. They're not getting a lot from like Wandale, and they're not getting a lot from. Yeah, the I mean, guys, just they're all really injured. anyone outside of Barkley. Uh-huh. And so, the fa- the fact that it's really just Barkley, I I I didn't think they'd be six and two at this point, but they are, and I think Brian Dayball deserves to be coach of the year at this point. I'm sure that yeah, I mean, the, there are a lot of candidates. Like Dayball's been kind of my default answer here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, you can't really go wrong with him right now. Uh, I think it's hard not to say Sirianni when he's 8-0, and I just keep thinking that he's going to lose and fall off. But, yes, I think Dable, just in terms of overachieving, very much deserving of the award. In his and and I know that they brought in Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Evan Neal, so they got really good pieces on their O-line and D-line now. and so they, but They're also they, both they rookies. Have, so. They have superstars in their team, but it's uh, like I didn't think this would translate to like nearly winning the – possibly – Winning the division. Yeah, I know it's I mean, the NFC East, but the NFC East they is the very much look year. like a playoff team right now. Yeah. So. So so that's that's the team that I'm most surprised by. Yeah, I, I think the Giants are a great answer here. Um, so my two A and two B were the Giants and the other New York team, the Jets. Whereas like trying to go back and forth between the two of them, and I will say that both those teams, I think that there are reasons to maybe kind of like them. Um, the, Jets more the, so than the Giants. So I think the Giants are a great answer here. Uh, the reason why I picked the Giants, well, I didn't even consider the Jets because I watched that game versus the Patriots. Oh, and they, yeah, and Zach just, Wilson. Th- didn't this play is still well the same Jets. I know they're six and three. Just but beat the Bills. Yeah, I, I still don't take. I don't. I still don't take that team or Zach Wilson seriously at all. And so, I'm not saying they're they're bad. Like they're definitely mm. good, and they've got a lot of good players in their D line. And then Sauce Gardner looks like defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I was right way now. wrong. Probably about looks like a top him. corner in the He's league. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. But I still don't take them as seriously as like they're not they're not totally inept, but I don't I, I still don't believe in them either. Where I, I believe in the Giants more. Yeah, no, and, and that's totally fair way to look at it. And the Jets also had higher expectations than the Giants heading into the season. A lot of people were saying, Oh, they're past the Patriots, you know, whatever. Uh that being said, I'm gonna pick the team that the Giants lost to right before the bye week, and that's Seattle Seahawks. And coming into the season, I was I said last time we talked about it, and I was torn on whether I thought the Seahawks would be okay, like not terrible or completely bottom out like a lot of people expected. They're 6-3 and three right now. They keep winning football games. Two weeks ago when they beat the Chargers, like, ah, they're a nice story. They're overachieving. I don't think they're a playoff team. I'm starting to completely buy in that the Seahawks can win the NFC West. And part of that is because the rest of the division doesn't look that great, but Whatever Pete Carroll is doing in Seattle, it's working. And this team is almost rallying behind the fact that Russell Wilson is no longer their quarterback. And they're just a team that it's not about an individual player. DK Metcalf has looked awesome as a receiver. Tyler Lockett as well. Not about Russell Wilson. And it all comes down to Geno Smith. Geno Smith's been an incredible story. Uh, So for me, Seahawks have been the biggest surprise, the most pleasant surprise. And 
defensively, it was easy to overlook them. Two star rookies in Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant at defensive back. I mean, you said Sauce yeah. Gardner's probably the favorite to win defensive rookie of the year. Woolen's not that far behind him, which I think is really impressive. They might have the offensive rookie of the year in Kenneth Walker if he keeps up his performance of late. So Seattle, uh, to me, is the, the answer here. I don't think you can go wrong with either the Seahawks and Giants. I think it'd be really interesting to see both those teams in the playoffs when it's said and done. But uh, Seahawks, to me, just a little bit more over the edge. Um, and I think part of that is also the fact that the NFC West, I thought was going to be really good. And Seattle has just proven to be the one team that's better than all those right now. And we'll see. I think week 15, Thursday night football against San Francisco, that's going to be a big Big one that will end up determining this division, but Seattle's at home, 12th man, prime time. We saw how that helped against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. We know Niners are their biggest rival, so uh, really interested to see what happens from here for that Seahawks team. So what about uh, most surprising player? So the reason why I picked the Giants as my most surprising team is because my most surprising player is Geno Smith. Yeah, which, great uh, answer. Because yeah. I remember week one, they beat Denver and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? That's their Super Bowl. They're not, uh, there's, you know, for, for good reason, they had a lot of motivation to win that game where Russell Wilson's on the other side and like, that's their Super Bowl. They're not going to do much else uh, this year. And then I remember week two, they were facing San Francisco and I was thinking, you know, that kind of proved my point because they, they lost to San Francisco, uh, uh, led by Jimmy and not even Trey Lance after he got hurt. And it was so, like 24 to nothing like, yeah. too, right? Or they had one touchdown as like a blocked field goal. So They, they lost by like double digits. Yeah, so it, offensive I just nothing. Figured, uh-huh. So I figured, you know what? Like, So I'm thinking to myself, I'm right. Or they're, they're not going to be anything else this year. And that was that was their one shining moment this year. But no, they, they've they've really have proven to be still a good football team even without Russell Wilson and 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 I and look when they when they traded uh when they made that trade even as much as I like Russell Wilson I still thought that was a good return but now it looks even better because of how part partially because of how great Gino has looked and I I love I love his leadership too what he's shown this year because I remember when he was with the Jets I, I didn't take him seriously and there are all these stories like you know him not taking things seriously and getting fights with teammates and it's just like yeah this guy's not gonna make it in the league and and so when i found out he's the week one star i was like how is this guy still in the league but <laughs> uh-huh. like no he's he's shown that he's can certainly lead a team and i remember i think it was against uh i think it was against the giants yeah uh, i remember he threw it to lock at one point and then lock was like down on himself and gino right there on the sidelines like no i you, i'm still going to you you're still our guy and what do you know next drive he throws it to him for a touchdown it's like so he's he's proving that he's, uh, you know, great start in the league. And uh, no offense to Saquon, but if I had a vote for comeback player of the year, I would for sure pick Geno Smith. I think he's been great. And like you said, where where when it comes to them as a playoff team, you know, for I remember in the beginning of the year, I'm thinking, oh, you know, no, like uh, yes, they had a nice win here, but no, they're not a playoff team. But now halfway through the season, yeah, I I think I think they have a legit shot at being a wild card team and a a pretty good shot with winning division, just given how the other teams have played. So yeah, I'm going with Geno Smith. 
uh, very surprised for sure. Yeah, he would have been my my top answer here. So I was glad that I got to go with the Seahawks. And I think it's kind of funny that you went with the Giants because my backup answer is the guy you just mentioned, the other comeback player, the can- your candidate, Saquon Barkley. Because Saquon, I was ready to write him off. I thought that it would have made sense for the Giants to trade him for a mid-round pick to some other team and hope to save his career because things are not looking good for him. He couldn't stay healthy, got hurt early in 2020, really struggled last year, and he's come out and he's been very much in the conversation for best running back in football again. I think it's been a really cool story. And like you said, he's a huge reason why the Giants are 6-2. and two. Like He's been the star of that offense. They've had no receivers. Daniel Jones has been competent, but he hasn't been like this amazing player have to hand him a huge contract in the offseason and you know the defense has been decent but Saquon has really carried that team and I think that because of that he to me is right up there with Geno Smith in terms of great story guy that you didn't necessarily expect to believe a guy that you wrote off well guess what just like Geno Smith Saquon didn't write back and I think uh he'd be deserving of getting a nice little contract this offseason we'll see what happens we'll see if it's with the Giants somebody else he's a running back of course but He's uh, definitely done a lot to resurrect his career this season. So uh, let's talk about the opposite of that. And I think that there's a a lot more options uh, when it comes to the most disappointing. And let's start with the most disappointing team. Really interested to see where you go with this one. Uh, there, <laughs> there are so many options I could pick for most disappointing team. And I'm sure we'll talk about uh, most of them, if not all of them, but if I, if I can only pick one team, I'm going to go with the Packers. They've been so bad these last, uh, five, they've lost five games in a row, and it's not even to teams that they really should lose to. They've they've lost to the 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 Giants, the the Jets, the Commanders, and they lost to the freaking Lions yesterday. Like, look, the I'll admit I thought the Lions would be half decent this year, but. They haven't. They're they're still lost, they lost they're, five they're in still a row. Pitiful on defense. Uh-huh. They they have some explosive players on offense, but with Amonra and Swift when he's healthy. But now they don't have Hawkinson, and so it's like that's a team you should still beat. Yes, I thought the I know the Packers are, are struggling too, but so were the Lions. <laughs> like they had one win entering that game, and they couldn't even beat them. And it's not like the Lions put up all these points. It's Fifteen to nine. They only scored they, they, nine points nine. against the Lions defense. Fifteen to nine. It's, if it, if it were like thirty eight to thirty five, it's like all right. Like you know what, you, you know you, you expose their defense like every other team has. But but they put nine points against that team. They all those red zone opportunities that they had, and they couldn't even get in the. They got to the one yard line multiple times, and AJ Dillon gets, you know he 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 doesn't get in, and then Rogers throws multiple interceptions. One the first one off a guy's helmet, and then. And then just another despicable play on fourth down, and then mm-hmm. and then had the other brutal interception later in the game. It's just what are they doing? <laughs> like it's just yeah. Aaron Jones and uh, a bunch of guys who can't get open. And so I I, I kind of feel I don't, I don't want to say feel bad, but I kind of understand why Rodgers is struggling because there just really isn't a lot to throw to. But I mean, he's not. I don't want to you know write him off because he he hasn't performed. Uh, no, he's... even again, even without Devonte and not a lot of explosive receivers, there there were multiple points in that game where I, I saw some videos where he had a you know couple guys he missed wide open and went to 
that was as bad of a game as he ever he's ever played. Yeah, that, I mean, it was his first three interception game in five years. Just a awful performance by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in general. Like they they are like the obvious answer here in my book because this is a team that should have been a Super Bowl contender to an extent. Now, obviously, the past couple of years, things haven't worked out, but they were supposed to have an awesome defense. They were supposed to have a great running game. Rodgers struggling, the you know the passing attack not being as amazing as the past couple of years with his MVP seasons wasn't totally a surprise. But the fact that the Packers are so terrible around him, have lost five yeah. in a row, like you said, to all of these teams that shouldn't be losses. Like outside of Buffalo, like they, they shouldn't be losing to the... Okay, so like, so the Giants are obviously better than we thought, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even Giants and Jets have been better. They were they were winning that game in the in, after the first half, and they just and collapsed. Thinking, all right, yeah. like this is in the bag for them, but then no, the Giants come back and win it, and then they lose convincingly. To Never the Jets had a chance against home. the Jets. They haven't lost yep. at home in forever, and they and they true, yeah, another good they, point. They break that streak against the Jets, uh, and and they get blown out by them too, and. And then commanders, I yeah, mean, they, they were winning the another one where they blew it late. And I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo, they actually were somewhat competent. They covered the spread in that one. But uh, right. By a half a point. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, the, this latest loss to the Lions, which personally I saw coming just because the Packers lose on Daylight Savings Day every single year. Right. I have no idea why. <laughs> Once you told me about that, I was like, because uh, you were the first person that mentioned that to me. I did not know that. Yeah, once you mentioned that to me, I'm like, all right, well, this is over. Yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible every single year. Uh, but yeah, to me, the Packers would have been my number one answer here. But you can go through the list. There are plenty of other teams. Uh, I think that when I look at the AFC West, you can make a case for two teams. I kind of lean toward the Broncos, just given that Russell Wilson's supposed to come in and make them a playoff team. The Raiders being two and six, though. I mean, this is a team that could have gone a lot of different directions. I was hopeful for them. Josh McDaniels has been just as bad as Nathaniel Hackett when it comes down to it in terms of a first-year head coach just not knowing what he's doing, like blowing 17-point leads three they times They blew three season. of them. 17 nothing yesterday to the Jags, and then they had that 17 17- nothing lead versus Kansas City on Monday night and then they had a 20 nothing lead over Arizona mm-hmm. they, they've been blowing massive leads this year and I had them last in the division but I also thought they'd be better than than what they've shown and they're 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 not the part of me is not surprised but at the same time I kind of am two and six. That how bad it I is. thought their two offense would be so much better. Their offense was awful against the Saints last week. They couldn't even get to midfield. Devontae had one catch. <laughs> they were so bad. Yeah, and then Adams comes out. He shines in the first half in this one. And then, yeah, another another horrible another collapse. collapse. I mean, both of those teams have to be in the conversation here. And then, I mean, the NFC, besides the Packers, of course, you got to throw out the Bucs and then the Rams as well coming yeah. off the Super Bowl win. But I think that I lean more toward those two AFC West teams after Green Bay just because AFC West is supposed to be awesome. Like, those two teams Th- are supposed to be were, better. And if anything, they're worse than last year. Those are my next two as well. Like, Packers are my number one, but, like, the Broncos and Raiders are my next two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos, I God, I can't stand watching them and prime time yeah all those prime time games <laughs> i know it's like oh finally they're off prime time now finally, but it's just yeah. like every single week like oh i gotta watch this team again yeah um and then yeah like the raiders just been blowing all these leads but you know at least tampa they made that comeback yeah they did yesterday. and then yeah now it's like the rams like i that 
defensive breakdown in those last 44 seconds. Like, you know, I guess credit to Brady. I hate that. uh, I think Jalen Ramsey was blaming the offense for not sealing the deal, but it's like. that was okay. Yeah, you got that stop, but that was it's because Scotty awful, Miller dropped the pass. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. And, uh, no, that was an like, awful, so really awful defensive him. collapse. Like they just weren't even playing defense, just letting Kate in over the back, middle, and then, and, and then Brady would just uh, you know chuck it to Scotty Miller multiple times uh, uh, for an easy ten yards. Yeah, just right out of bounds on the sideline. <laughs> they they had no attempt to stop the Bucks on that drive. So I mean, big big was, win for Tampa, but. That was crazy because Sean McVay, I I really do believe he's the best coach in the league right now, but that was poorly yeah, executed that was, on that last that drive. That was awful. I mean, Raheem Morris getting a lot of they love. Des- as they deserve to lose that game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, that that was really bad. I guess let's kind of transition to our most disappointing player though. Yeah, so the reason why I picked the Packers for a team is because I want to save Russell Wilson yeah, for most disappointing player. It's just because yeah, like I'll admit, I, I I wasn't like all in on Denver, but I was high on them. I thought they'd be a playoff team, like a wild card team. And God, they look awful. Like I said, I hate hate watching that team on prime time. They're they, I, the 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 lowest of the low was uh that Colts that Colts Broncos game on Thursday night where it was nine to nine, mm-hmm. and the fans could not take it. Anymore. <laughs> they just left. <laughs> like it was literally going to overtime, yeah. and they could not take it. They decided like they were literally leaving when it was about to go to overtime yeah <laughs> and it's just god russell wilson I, I i i like him but i at the same time i i knew he was corny but at the same time it, it's even worse than i thought where it's like he's doing this unlimited and he's getting trolled by you know other teams oh i know <laughs> you the, saw that the video Ravens of justin tucker video yep he's he's becoming the the laughing stock of the league right now oh easily yeah i i've never seen someone fall this badly it is it's an insane fall from years went from like super likable everyone loves him to now he's in denver and i don't know if everyone's just kind of all coming around like now he's insufferable kind of yeah and i think it's just people are realizing that he's such a fake person and as they're struggling you get more and more stories coming out from people being like yeah this dude is not who you think he is and i think that it's uh it it, he's a very i'm starting to understand why he like I mean, like Richard Sherman and a lot of other yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Players, I, I mean, it, are we're just crapping on Tyler the Lockett? What, what, what is like, your guy's problem? Uh, but then now, I, now I'm starting to see like, ah, oh, like maybe, maybe I, I knew he was corny, but I knew I never knew it was this bad. And yeah. I don't know, just the, the the perception of Russell Wilson has completely changed, completely taken a 180 yeah, from and last. It, seeing well, the Seahawks he's be all these years as good in Seattle as they are right now. now, yeah, it it very much is. It's really bad. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson is is very much the the notable number one answer here. Uh, I guess kind of just talking about the Rams now, Matthew Stafford is like kind of a, an underrated, most disappointing player coming off a Super Bowl win. Like he was someone who this huge redemption story after a career in Detroit, going out, winning four playoff games, winning a Super Bowl, so many uh commercials now he's like an AT&T spokesperson he's someone who like came in the year with like some injury concerns about his elbow and I think that's a factor but 
I think he's a big part of the reason why the Rams have struggled. I mean, no one talks about their offense being all that bad. They looked awful yesterday. And that was like the first time that we really got to see him in a spotlight because the NFL decided, hey, we'll just make Rams Bucks be the only game for the entire country outside of like the little corner in the, the, the Seattle yeah. Arizona game. And uh, I mean, if you look at him, his 85 passer rating is in like a Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones type range. Eight interceptions, tied for the second most in the league. He's been sacked 28 times. Only 30 times last year, which part of that's on the offensive line. That's the third most. And no explosive plays. Only three completions of 40-plus yards. Last year, he had the lead league in that category. He's been very dependent on Cooper Cup. Brought in Allen oh, Robinson. They'd be, they'd be just, 0-8 if they didn't have oh, Cup. Yeah. I mean, I'm over-exaggerating. I mean, they, they would suck so bad is, if they didn't have Yeah, them. no, it's insane <laughs> just like how like the, the Rams – went from being such a really good team last year. And I, I thought there would be a bit of a drop-off. There'd be a Super Bowl hangover, but they have been extremely disappointing. There, there are teams like the Rams where you're thinking to yourself, there's definitely going to be a drop-off, but you're also amazed at how big of a drop-off yeah. it is. Oh. Like, so, like the Rams, mm-hmm. like the Packers, like the Raiders. and Yeah. Yep. No, it, it's yeah. been bad. And I, I think the yeah, Matthew Stafford just like... He's he's kind of back to the he was like a one hit wonder and and they signed him to a huge contract too so it's yeah I and mean, they and they don't they don't have any draft picks no they hate no draft I picks. mean the Rams like they're they're in a world of hurt pretty soon I know Sean McVay like the reports could that he's ready going, to retire so I could see it going I, I could see it turning for the worst for the Rams mm-hmm. at some yeah point, much like faster than expected or beyond uh-huh. so I, I could totally see it going down in flames yeah and they might be a better candidate for just most disappointing team versus just stafford but you know i i I think that he's kind of a guy that you know does deserve a little bit of a a criticism just given how high things were not that long ago so i guess let's kind of move forward here look ahead to the rest of the season and really there are three teams that have stood out as juggernauts consistently the eagles and the nfc Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. All three of those teams had somewhat struggles. I mean, the Eagles only beating the Texans by 12. You know, they still won by multiple scores, but uh, that was closer than expected for most of it. And um, Chiefs beat the Titans and Malik Willis, but it came down to overtime. And of course, the Bills lost to the Jets. Now, there is a caveat that by the time you're listening to this, there might be some really horrible Josh Allen news come out as uh, he's having his UCL looked at. Tommy John surgery sounds like a possibility. Obviously, hope it's not that bad, but I uh, hope it's not that serious. The the assumption is that uh, for most of the season, the Chiefs and the Bills would meet in the AFC Championship game, and the Eagles would be awaiting them in the Super Bowl. At least those those are the favorites. Like with the Eagles being eight and zero. Rest of the NFC having question marks. Chiefs and the Bills looking better than a lot of teams in the AFC who had high expectations. So that being said, let's talk about who we believe are the biggest threats to those teams. So let's just start NFC in general. Biggest threat to a potential number one seed Philadelphia Eagles. I noted down three teams. Okay, If I had to pick one, it's gross that I'm picking them. Oh boy! But I was high on them, to, but I didn't think they'd be this good. But I'm I'm, I'm going to say Minnesota. Yeah, because Minnesota Minnesota has been great. They've been seven. They're seven and one, and no one's talking about them. But at the same time, maybe that's maybe that's good for them that no one's taking them seriously, and maybe that gives them extra motivation. They have like, a hey, lot of one score wins. I know and... it's because yeah, they're winning all these they're winning all these games close to teams that they're 
that are not as good like yesterday. Yeah, like Washington. The Commanders, they were losing by 10 uh-huh. in the fourth quarter. And then they almost lost to the Lions at home. And so it's kind of gross picking them, but they have been pulling out all these wins. And I think their offense has been good with with uh, with Cousins leading them, with Jefferson and and Dalvin. And Thielen, yeah, he's kind of washed up now, but he's still he's still out there. Uh, and then they brought in TJ Hawkinson, who was definitely a difference maker yesterday. And so oh, I yeah. think their offense I mean, is awesome really expo- in, in his first yeah. game there. Especially losing Irv, Irv Smith. Not that he was not that he was great by any means, but uh adding TJ Hawkinson to their offense with those guys. I think their offense is really explosive. And I think there's still plenty of upside for the rest of the season. And their defense, uh their secondary hasn't been great, but their defense has been good, not great. Uh, mm. Yeah, which the- their defense was bad last year, and that was right, one thing exactly. I said. So like, it's, their defense it's made needs an improvement from last uh-huh. season. So, uh, so Minnesota is by default the team that that I'm picking. But yeah, I, I a couple get other it. teams They're to mention. One. Well, I I also have teams. I oh, okay, throw okay. Out there. So I'll, I'm, I'll I'm curious. If we're on the same page. The so one thing I'll say is I don't take Minnesota seriously right now, just because I've seen Kirk Cousins in big games in prime yeah, time. Prime time. The and, one losses versus Philly in prime time. Yeah. So. Oh, and they did not look good at all in that game. No. And I'll say the next three games for them at Buffalo versus Dallas versus New England on Thursday night football. Right. If they like this will be a test to see if I start to buy into this team or if they're the team that I'm like, yeah, they keep winning games, but they're beating bad teams at one o'clock. And that's totally fair. The like, one like, thing I'm just picking them by default. Yeah, no, and I, I get it. And it's like because the other teams that are six and th- you know have six wins in the NFC. Okay, Dallas. Dallas and the <laughs> obviously wrote off Dallas uh, in the beginning of the year, which looks uh-huh. stupid. But at the same time, I I don't trust Dallas at all in the later in the year. And then the Giants are. I'm on the look. I think Brian Dayball is a uh, coach of the year, but. I'm also on the fence of them. Like how, what, how, like what realistically mm-hmm. is their upside? Cause there's yes, they're six and two, but they've also have had like a really, really easy schedule this year. Yeah. I mean, and we'll then, see when those two teams play ahead ahead, how things look. And then the Seahawks, I take more seriously and I think they're a playoff team, but I don't, I don't for now, I don't uh-huh. think they're more than that. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough to picture Geno Smith going on a road in a hostile environment like Philadelphia and pulling out a win. So, so that's why I'm leaning with Minnesota right now, but, I'll mention my other two dark, yeah. quote unquote, dark horses. No, and that's interesting because there, there are two teams that stand out to me that I'm like, these are two teams that right now I consider threats. And look, I'm going to say that there are a handful of real contenders or seemingly on paper contenders in the NFC where if they get hot down the stretch, we can talk about them later. But right now, with the way things look, there are two teams that stand out to me. One of them you just talked about, the Dallas Cowboys. Look, this is a division rivalry. Their defense is awesome, and I get it. They have not had a history of playoff success. Dak Prescott, only one career playoff victory. But I don't know. I I still got to believe that if someone is capable of taking down the Eagles, the Cowboys are a team that we've seen go toe-to-toe with them in the past. A lot of great games, games in the past that have gone on both sides, but I don't know. That's a team where I still got to take them seriously because, like you said, we wrote them off after week one, and all they've done is win every game they played since except for the Eagles. But Dak Prescott's back healthy. If their offense can get it going with him back under center, their defense continues playing like arguably the best in the league, I think that they can 
go toe to toe with the Eagles. And as much I as you think, say, yeah, they, Cowboys, I think Cowboys don't have success in the playoffs. I mean, the Eagles they played that's, one that's playoff what, game that's last what year. That's what makes Jalen me Hurts not believe Dallas. Well. Like, yes, I know but, they'll probably still finish with a great record and be in the playoffs. Whether if mm-hmm. it's you know, more like very likely in the wild card round because I, I'd imagine at this point Philly will yeah I mean very we'll, very we'll likely see, be the like, one seed. But Eagles, just, but uh, there's not no, many. I'll never take them seriously. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I totally I've, get it. I I've totally been high on I would pass. pick the Eagles over the Cowboys, but I think I, that the no, Cowboys but I've been I've been high on Dallas for you know multiple years, thinking uh-huh. oh they got all this talent, they got this guy and that guy here. And on just, offense and yeah, just I get defensively, it. I mean, it's just like they're just so dumb <laughs> when it comes no, I, to I totally agree. The they still have Mike McCarthy as their head coach. Like, there's still plenty of reasons to doubt them, and I think that when it comes down to it, they're probably not. Like, this probably isn't though. It's probably not their time yet. They probably need a different head coach. They probably need to make some changes, and. I think a team that I will put above them as the biggest threat is the team that exposed them in the playoffs last year, San Francisco 49ers. That, that was one of the teams. I mean, I the, the, the yeah. Niners, they've been disappointing they, at four and four. I mean, you look at their losses. They lost to the Bears. I know it was a monsoon, but they still look terrible. They lost to the Falcons, did not look good at all in that game. Uh, they lost to someone else who's not very good. Atlanta? Yeah, I just said the Falcons. So Bears, oh, Falcons, they lost to the... I'm I blanking on. I'm blanking also because I because yeah Fal- Falcons. Yeah, there you go. There's someone not very good. Oh, the Broncos. Which, oh like, right, yeah. yeah, Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and they got like blown out 10. by the Chiefs at home. So they haven't. They've shown that they aren't the really great team that you and I expect them to be. Part of that is we thought Trey Lance could come in and like add an extra excitement to this team, but obviously he got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo's their quarterback again. They went on and got Christian McCaffrey, and I think that their offense looked really good against the Rams. They, that was their best game uh, in week in week uh, week, week eight, eight yep. versus the Rams. That was on both sides of the ball. That was I know the Rams are obviously not as good as they were last year, but that's still an impressive win. The way they looked on both sides of the ball and the yeah, way with McCaffrey, McCaffrey looked passing in touchdown, rushing touchdown, and receiving touchdown, something that has only happened, I think, two other times in NFL history. So I think that him being the X factor, if he can stay healthy, if you know Nick Bosa can stay healthy, like if they the all the talent they have, that is a team that I would take seriously. Yeah, so that uh, so San Fran was my like number one like dark horse okay. just because uh-huh. I was high on They're them. four and four. You know, they're not the even season, guaranteed to make playoffs. Kind of disappointed, but, but there, there could it could be a turning point. Like that game could be a turning point in their season. Uh, so, I'll admit I'm I'm not the biggest believer in the quarterback, uh, but the, you know he he's led them to a Super Bowl and and Jimmy led them to an NFC Championship game last year and almost to another Super Bowl. So yeah, he has a history they cer- of playoffs. They certainly success. they certainly can make a run, which is why. Like that's a top dark horse. The other one, you're gonna hate this pick, but because they've looked so bad for most of the season and they've been one of the most disappointing teams, but maybe that game yesterday for Tampa, maybe that's a turning point in their season. I mean no, and, it, and their division is so bad that they're going to be in the playoffs. I just I don't think Atlanta, Carolina, like they they I know Carolina beat them and Atlanta almost beat them, but I still don't think they're going anywhere. And then the Saints are obviously yeah, worse than we expected. Yeah, Saints are the interesting one. We'll see. If they beat the Ravens on Monday night, then they can maybe they stay, get And they back lost Michael it, Thomas but, like, yeah. for the year. Again. I know. He, him being injured 
for the rest of the year, he's now going to miss 40 of the last 50 regular season games for them. That's it's insane. Just, right after setting like the NFL record for best wide receiver season. And so, and then who knows what happens to Kamara with his off the field thing. Uh, if he gets suspended this year or not. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's to be determined. And so that, yeah, their division sucks so bad that they're going to be in the playoffs with a home playoff game. Yeah. Uh, to oh, start you know, the, that'll to be start the playoffs. Huge. And so, once that happens, it's it's like anything can happen. So that's why I'm not I'm I'm very low on them, but at the same time I can't completely rule them out just because of how bad the division is and that they're automatically gonna have a playoff spot even if it's like nine and eight. And maybe yesterday was a turning point for them. Yeah, no, and because I, I guess their offense is just bad uh, right now. Yeah, no, I think that yesterday's game was big for both of those teams. I think it was more about like the loser being in a really bad spot than the winner being in a great spot. But yes, I mean, the Bucks have a lot of problems, but they also have the clearest path to the playoffs in terms of a lot of those disappointing teams. Like you said, the division is very much winnable. And once they're in the playoffs, who knows what happens? And I, I think that's fair. And I guess from a looking down the road, yes, you have to kind of still consider them and you know take them seriously, but there have been a lot of things going wrong for them through the first nine games of the season that it's hard for me to group them in the same conversation as teams that have as, played as really a twenty twenty well. season when they went when or they even had that, their struggles. Yeah. Like they're they're they there's more struggles with this team than that. Than yeah, I mean losing to really team. bad football teams this year. Like it's, yeah, it's they're, not they're, just... they're losing the teams that are trying to tank. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's. Yeah, it has not been great, and I, yeah, I don't want to completely write them off, but I'm not going to take them as seriously right no, now. No, I, I won't either. I, I, I definitely like Philly the most, and then, so I mentioned, so I mentioned three teams: Minnesota, San Fran, and Tampa. And I think Minnesota has the safest floor, where they're very likely going to win the division now, and. You know, if they were to make, I can totally see them making the NFC Championship game. But if they were to face Philly, it would just be like the that game in Week Two where they just get their ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, the one advantage and, they have is the game is at three o'clock instead of six thirty. Right. But I so don't think that. I think Minnesota has a safer floor mm-hmm. than San Fran and Tampa. Well, yeah, which San is Fran totally Tampa, I think I have higher ceilings. If uh-huh. that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I do agree with that. I think that does make a lot of sense. So. Yeah, and I mean, I, I understand wanting to write off Dallas because of a history. Yeah, of, I'm just never, I, I, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm yeah. out on Dallas. Well, and I think the one thing is, you know, we don't know what this Eagles team is going to be like in the playoffs because, you know, they they haven't the, been there their, before. Their so. schedule is really easy, but I think I think both can be true where their, their schedule is really easy, but they're also legit good. Yes, no, I, I do I think both are true. That. Yes, I totally agree with that. So let's look at the AFC outside of Kansas City and Buffalo. Who's kind of that third team that could uh, jeopardize that AFC championship game that a lot of people have been assuming will happen at some point. So looking throughout the AFC and, you know, the other teams that have good records besides Buffalo and Kansas City. Okay. So, so Tennessee, you, you know, me when it comes to Tennessee, yes, they, they did a good job versus Kansas City yesterday defensively. And yeah. Derrick, had Derrick Henry's still great. The and they're a well-coached team. I will give, I will give them that when it comes to you know Henry's still a, a factor, and they're a very well-coached team, and they're solid defensively, especially giving up only twenty points to Kansas City. And 
four plus quarters, but I I still don't love what they are offensively. No matter who's at quarterback, because Malik Wills, he's not. I know, ready I know to be it's a tough spot to be. You know, second <laughs> second game, second career starts first Kansas City on the road on Sunday night, but he he didn't complete one one pass to a receiver. The wide mm. receiver zeros across the board, and just. I know they don't have trailing Burks, but that's still pathetic to not yeah. complete one pass to a receiver. And so I don't care who it is at quarterback, whether if it's Willis or Tannehill. And I'd imagine it'd be Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill I mean, if Tannehill's healthy, he's their quarterback. Yeah, Tannehill, yeah. if he's healthy, he, he should be the guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Malik Willis is certainly not ready, and who knows if he'll ever be. Yep. So I'm not picking them. And then, you know, the Ravens, yes, they're, they're very likely going to be a playoff team, and Lamar... He's very explosive as a thrower and a runner, but I I just don't like what's around him. With you know Rashad Bateman's now out for the season. J.K. Dobbins is never healthy. Mark Andrews is now hurt, and who knows how that's going to work out. After Andrews, it's just I don't I don't like what they have at all. And they didn't and I get okay. I got the Sean Jackson who's like forty <laughs> years old. Isaiah uh, likely had a really good performance Thursday night against the Bucs. Yeah, and he'll likely have another good performance tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that pun was completely intended. But, yeah, after Andrews, like, Isaiah likely is probably their next best target. It's just I don't I don't love what's around Lamar. And I know that they're a run-first team. They don't really need to throw. But it's just, I don't know, to keep up with Buffalo and Kansas City, I, I think they need more than what they have offensively. And defensively, they're getting better. But they still uh, like a, a lot of their stats are skewed by that week two game versus Miami, but <laughs> uh-huh. they're better than what their numbers show. But I don't know. I, I don't fully believe in them. And then one team that I'm back and forth on that you'll probably disagree with me on because like, I'm higher than you on them. But Cincinnati, like, look, Cincinnati, yeah, they made the Super Bowl last year and I think they're still good, but they lost Jamar Chase. And then all of a sudden they, yes, they kicked. They they killed this uh, Carolina yesterday, but who cares? Uh, it's yeah, Carolina. It's, it's the Panthers. And, but they're, they're yeah the first game without Jamar Chase. They play Cleveland on the road on Halloween on Monday night, and it's a blowout. Yeah, and, they shut out through three quarters. Like it, yeah, it's just is so they lose one guy. I know Jamar Chase is a game changer when he's healthy, but is that how is that what their offense is going to be if they just lose one guy? Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. And so I don't know what to think of them, and then. And then the Chargers, I look, I, I obviously was all in the Chargers <laughs> this year. And if they get healthy, because, they, yes, they beat Atlanta, but they did it without both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, which is kind of it, impressive. Yeah, and I think Eckler's so. Eckler's been amazing, and uh, Josh Palmer did a good job yesterday. And if if they're healthy, if they get both those guys back, I still, I'm still high on them. I still think they can turn it around. But at the same time, it's, it's still the it's Chargers. It's a big if, I know. It's a big if. It's still the chargers are still cursed i get it so that gets me to my team that i will i'm going to say miami i think miami has been great offensively and two was six and oh in games he started and finished and i'm even though it hurts the patriots i'm i'm, I'm glad he's turned it around because there were so many people that just crapped on to a Mm-hmm. for his performances and it's like he's not that bad and fi- he finally gets an offensive minded coach that believes in him and they add another explosive weapon with Tyreek Hill alongside Jalen Wall and now he looks he still makes inaccurate throws and st- he doesn't have the biggest arm strength but he's he's done a really good job this year offensively and 
I, I that's that's the team I'm picking. I know I know defensively it's not perfect, but right now if I were to pick one team, uh, I'm picking Miami. Especially adding Bradley Chubb as well for their defense. Yep. Yeah, that's no, a I, huge. That's a huge boost to their defense. I agree with you. Miami Dolphins are my team as well. I think that you know six and zero when Tua starts and finishes a game. I think that that is a, a very important stat. They beat the Bills in a game in which Buffalo dominated time of possession and, you know, Miami still was able to pull that one out. Uh, Tyreek Hill looks like the offensive player of the year right now. Offensive player of the year. He's been insane, just the numbers he's putting up. Jalen Waddle has been awesome. I mean, that that offense is explosive. That offense can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City or Buffalo. And their defense has some stars on it. You mentioned adding Bradley Chubb. Their secondary is Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. Like they are a legitimate football team. And I think they have been the most consistent because their losses were with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. They've won when two has been their quarterback. And they, they haven't been like amazing. You look at their point differential, they actually have a negative differential. Uh, because they mostly because they have blown out by the Jets with about a third string quarterback. They got blown out. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, they close win over the Lions, close win over the Steelers, close win over the Bears, but they've Ravens. found ways to win games. They've looked explosive on offense. And I, I think that if anyone is going to shock one of those teams, Miami feels like that team right now. I wouldn't rule out Baltimore, Cincinnati, the Chargers, who you just mentioned, but uh, all of those teams have had a ton of flaws. They haven't been consistent on both sides yeah. of the ball. The, so the, the next two teams after Miami for me would be the Chargers and Bengals, but I will fully admit that it's, kind of wishful thinking because they do have flaws and mm-hmm. I, I just think that it can turn around for those teams. I believe that at least I think, I think they could yeah, no, it, have it better second can. halves uh-huh. uh, than they've, than they better halves to the rest of the season than they, what they've shown now. And so I'm not ruling them. I don't love, I don't love it, but I'm not uh-huh. ruling out LA or Cincinnati, but the team that I believe in the most right now after Buffalo and Kansas city is, is Miami. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. So I guess, uh, you know, that'll wrap things up for NFL week nine. We'll have, uh, you know, more reactions. We'll see where things go from here, but for now, let's talk about some, uh, other sports that, you know, we don't necessarily talk about a ton in November, given that they, uh, you know, their seasons are just underway, but we still have some relevant stories, keeping them in the spotlight. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, their season has been filled with PR controversies, none bigger though than, Kyrie Irving and his suspension after sharing a movie on Amazon that is accused of being anti-Semitic and uh, with a lot of comments about Jews that are seen as very unfavorable. uh, Kyrie continued to double down and triple down and blame the media and not take any ownership of his actions. And the NBA decided to spend him for five games as a result and his future in Brooklyn is very much in doubt. And I know that it's easy for us to clown on Kyrie Irving for a lot of reasons. And I know that you know how things ended with his time in the Celtics is a big part of that. But this is a very serious thing and just a, another chapter in the saga that is Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it's just it's just it's just bad. I, I, I I'm glad we're expanding on this topic, like I mentioned to you before, but at the same time this is a just exhausting, like just a topic that I just hate discussing. Like, I don't want to talk about, I'd rather talk about the NBA and like what's going on in the court. Yeah. Actual basketball with, with teams. I don't, I don't want to talk about situations like this, uh, especially with Kyrie Irving, who's just 
the worst. The, the, yeah, number he really one with is. The, bullet, the yeah. worst. Uh, he's. It's not even just the him leaving the Celtics. Like, like that's that's kind of far down the list now. Of like. Oh, I mean, why... at this point, it's way beyond. Like, it's a good thing if anything that he's gone. There, so. the worst kind of person is someone that thinks they're thinks that they're smart, thinks that they know everything, but are just dumb. And like that, yeah that's dumb people kind of who think they're smart yeah. like i'm a dumb person that knows that i'm dumb <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so i i got i got plenty of self-awareness there but Kyrie irving has probably the least amount of self-awareness uh like on earth uh, it's either him kanye or antonio brown <laughs> that's I mean, a big I'll... three with those guys right now uh-huh. yeah uh, no and him and him and kanye are very uh directly related right now and uh yeah i mean both Kanye has been a bad fall from grace. Kyrie, it's just you expect this from him by now. He's just a walking contradiction. He always has to be on the spotlight, and it's always for bad reasons. Like, he wants to be a voice for the voiceless. And then when he gets called out on something like this, he says, oh, no, I, I don't need to say anything. I don't need to talk about this. I don't need to defend my actions. Like, the media is making this to be a big thing. Let's move on from it. And it's an important topic. Like, anti-Semitism is a, is a big issue. It has been for a long time. That's, the, that, that, that's what's so bad about it, is that he's not even remorseful. No, it. It, he's, he's just it, it, if he at least if uh you know he put it out there and immediately followed up, you know, saying, "Hey, I screwed up. I apologize for what I did." Putting that out there and he and, I, and take you know take it more seriously. All. He he didn't even really. Uh, he didn't have a full hearted apology immediately. No, he didn't until he got suspended. And that was, that was what it took. Like he just kept denying and denying it. And I think there was a lot of criticism with the, the NBA handled this and how he just, because he's a star, he didn't get the same kind of treatment. And I think it's a very valid criticism and something to point out. Oh, they sh- It should have been a quicker response to suspend him. It took several days. It, it took, it took, way, like it took a week. way too long to, yeah. for them to, for them to do it. Uh huh. Where, I mean, it, and then you get the comparisons to Myers Leonard, who you know he he used a, a slur against Jews on a Twitch stream, and yeah, he, you know p- people do that in video games all the time. And and I don't want yeah. I don't want to say that what he did wasn't like what he did was bad or uh-huh. what he said was bad on the Twitch stream, but it's just the difference. People is that, talk a lot of crap on Twitch and yeah, you know, playing playing video games. No, and I I get it. It was like a heat of the moment kind of thing. Didn't know what he was saying, but the difference is he's actually taken the time to correct his actions i don't think Kyrie's gonna do that yeah like leonard's like worked with the jewish community worked with rabbis and like has shown genuine remorse and you know i don't know if he's gonna get another shot in the nba given that he was barely uh you know an asset on the court before any of that but it's just uh yeah i mean it's hard to believe that Kyrie is going to do anything more than just whatever the bare minimum is to get back on the court. And some NBA team is going to give him another chance, whether it's Brooklyn or the Lakers or whoever, because, but, the, because the sport of basketball is so star hungry. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll take, that's why Brooklyn took him because like, cause yeah, he, he wanted Kevin Durant, Durant, but uh-huh. it was, it was a package to, yeah. to bring in both of them. And yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's not working out for them and i yeah i could totally see him not going back to brooklyn but like you said i could totally see him being picked up by a team that needs a star mm-hmm. yeah and of course you know the nets uh you know they they put out all these statements and stuff but they have their own uh issues they're going on that is Ime Udoka, has that hiring officially happened or where i don't know because i thought that? it was going to be official but then all i of haven't a sudden, heard anything all of a sudden it's not happening and is 
I'm wondering, okay, is it Ime backing out because like, hey, Kyrie's not going to be here and who knows uh, what the upside is with this team? Or is it, is it the NBA that's blocking him? Like, okay, we got to take a stand here. We, yeah. uh, there's a, a lot of bad PR in Brooklyn right now. And now we're, now there's going to be a coach that is having his off the, off the court issues. Yeah, I'm wondering I mean, if it's an Ime, Ime thinking twice about the, you know, joining Brooklyn or is it the NBA blocking him? You know what I'm I mean? I'm guessing it's more of it, whether it's the NBA or like the Nets organization as a whole be like, maybe now's not the time to hire a guy right. who's just suspended for the season because of, uh, you know, whatever. We don't, they don't even they know don't need fully more PR trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, they also have an opening for a PR coordinator. It's I did like, see that. <laughs> yeah, that that posting is out there on LinkedIn. I think it's still there if anyone wants to apply. <laughs> That's just uh, you got to get a lot of money to to deal with that right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is it's frustrating having all this like Kyrie situation, and it's just, he's just easy to clown on. And again, the big thing with him, he has a platform. He doesn't recognize it, and you like there's been a lot of posts that you. Uh, have been shared he has of millions people and who millions are following of this guy on and twitter take, yeah. and instagram and facebook and everywhere and they like taking what he's saying and running with it yeah and a it, voice for the voiceless for all like t- tens of millions of people and they're they see what you put out there like you have mm-hmm. to be so much you have to be way more careful than that it, that's so that's such a that's such a careless move to put something out like that yeah and, no for sure and i i get that he did not know that uh you know here i get the idea of maybe not being fully informed on this situation but then continuing to just you know double down triple down not take ownership or responsibility and then question like why it's a big to the point where there are people uh front row (laughs) oh yeah uh, on the the shirts Mm -hmm. uh you know against anti-semitism and so yeah i mean it's a big story and it's i you know i (laughs) think A lot of people are not a fan of Kyrie, and he grows more and more haters by the day. And it's it's beyond just a basketball thing at this point, and just the way that he's conducted himself. He's just he's become just like a easy person to not like, you know, whether you have ties to him or not. So, like I said, it the him leaving the Celtics, it's on the list of reasons why I can't stand the guy. But it's now the fact that it's going lower and lower down the list. Like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I totally agree. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. I, I, because he issued that apology, I assume that the league is gonna let him play again. But I don't know if they want more from him, and I don't know what his future in Brooklyn is. If they're gonna try to move him now, he's a free agent after the year. Like there were thoughts that he'd be traded sooner, but I think I think he'll still play, whether if it's in Brooklyn or somewhere else. But I did see one anonymous GM. I saw a yeah. report saying that. He doesn't think Kyrie will play again. And really? So, all right. Like I don't. I don't know if it's going that far. That, but that I, seems I, would, crazy I guess I wouldn't rule think. it out. Like he has. It feels like he has too much talent that that wouldn't. That would only happen if the league like actually steps in and prevents it from happening. You know. At the same time, though, Kyrie he wants to be multi-dimensional, where he wants to be a great basketball player, but also be a voice in other topics. If he uses his voice and his platform for good things, and credit to him. He just hasn't been doing that. So, you know, like, he has a lot of power in this situation. And I, I hope he, he does the best of it, you know, and that he does try to right this wrong. But 
It's no, just that the, Kyrie the wants to do too many things where I could I could see him not playing again, but I think it's unlikely. I think he'll yeah. still be playing with the talent. I mean, the talent's still there. That's, yeah, he's not he's not driven league. It's not like he's at the end of his career. He's still in his you know yeah. around his prime of his career. Uh-huh. So yeah, so another uh, somewhat related topic. Um, this one involving hockey and uh, unlike a a player that you don't like and involves a team that you really do like. And then the Boston Bruins got off to a historically great start, 10 of 11 wins to start the year. And then they went out and signed Michael Miller, a 20-year-old defenseman who Mitchell was, Miller. Sorry, Mitchell Miller, who was... Close enough. <laughs> yeah, he was drafted. I mean, honestly, his name doesn't really matter right now. No, he it was doesn't. drafted by That's... the Arizona Coyotes in the fourth round in 2020. Story came out, I think even before the draft, that he was uh, convicted, not just accused, but convicted of bullying as a juvenile throughout, I think, from second grade till 14 years old of a... Uh, mentally disabled, mentally disabled, mentally disabled kid, and 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 adding on race to that. Yeah, using like the N word. The the big story that came out was that he uh, rubbed a lollipop on a urinal and gave it to the kid to eat it. Yeah, that's as low as it gets. Horrible things. Yeah, like this is beyond just your classic middle school bullying. And then of course, you know, the big thing was this happens in 2020 when there was a lot of racial tension going on in the country and it was a very bad situation. And the whole idea was that this kid had no remorse. There was no apology, like lots of stories going out that this is even at 18 years old, he was the same person at 14 who was convicted of doing these things. Um, in, in that one incident, there were two people involved, him and another person. Mm-hmm. But in that story, the other person was remorseful. Yep. Where he immediately apologized. He immediately felt bad. But it sounds like Mitchell Miller, what he, he, it sounds like, again, just like Kyrie, it sounds like he wasn't remorseful whatsoever. And he didn't even apologize until last week when he was getting this opportunity with the Bruins. And, mm-hmm. you know, that gives me the, that, that, that gives me the idea where I'm thinking, okay, he's probably just apologizing to benefit his hockey career. Like he's not being remorseful to the point where like he genuinely feels bad for what he did and how he treated this person. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like it's like, Oh, I got to save my career. So I got to apologize to this guy. Like, he's thinking too much in that aspect. Yeah, no, that, that is what, um, the, the impression has been like he was supposed to write a letter and the, that, the family that, said that, that letter never got to him. Yeah, and it was just an Instagram apology he put out a week ago to get this Bruins opportunity. And you know, because of that, the Bruins got a ton of criticism for it's signing deserved. this guy. Very deserved. Even the players, they're like, "Why did we do this? We don't want this guy in our locker room." Fans hated that, it. It's it's such a not only is it a bad move, but it it couldn't be worse timing because the Bruins. Okay, they, so they they let go of Cassidy, right? They they keep Cam Neely, Don Sweeney on board, and they hire another coach and they bring in some guys, and they're off to a great start. They're yeah. off to the they have the best, best record in hockey. Yeah, well, they're, they're and, second now to well now. Cassidy's I mean, I mean at, at the time yes, when they signed, the time, they had the best record uh, in hockey, and it's as good as it's going to be for the Bruins, like. Just take take out what happened. Like it's probably as good as it's gonna be for them because they'll probably, you know, just break our hearts in the playoffs as usual. <laughs> but it's as good as it's gonna be for PR wise for them, mm-hmm. like how good of a start they're off to. But then to just bring that story in, 
And yeah, the players didn't even like, the players didn't like it, but including Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron, uh, you know, someone that's been a very great player, you know, borderline Hall of Fame famer probably, and a very higher character player. And even he's like, "What? What are we doing with, with bringing someone in like this?" And it shows you how bad their farm system is. Like, you don't even yeah, need to just thing. take my word for uh. for it. Like. <laughs> If you got, if you need to bring in someone like this with his, with his character issues, that like that that shows you how bad it is for them. And oh man, that that's just that's just as low as it gets uh, mm-hmm. to bring in someone like that. Where yeah, I mean, Cam Neely says the biggest regret of his career as an executive. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. And like you said, the, the fact that the Bruins are playing so well and just like to have this happen, and they they cut ties, they ended up releasing them. They said, oh, we found more information. Not really what, sure what information. What could you possibly have found out from, <laughs> yeah. from, from, from twenty twenty to now? Because uh, that that story was out there two years ago. Yeah, when I mean the, the Coyotes, Coyotes drafted, drafted them and then eventually let him go. Them. Yeah, nothing changed. What could you possibly have found out? I I think it's just, it's just the blowback of of why they let him go. And yeah, the new information was oh, our fans and players. Yeah, our new this. information is yeah, our every every single Bruins fan hates this. Uh, we thought everyone <laughs> would be okay with it. Oh, whoops! All right, turns out you're wrong. That's our new information. They were thinking that as time gone on, that people would just forget, you know, not, not care yeah, as much. And, look, there, I, I believe in second chances. I believe that people can make up for wrongs in the past. But when you, That's you have to put in the effort. He has not put in the effort. That's the issue that, with this. That's exactly what I was just about to say, is that I, I'm, I fully believe in second chances. But when it comes to a situation like that and not really be remorseful, then some people are just born bad and mm-hmm. don't deserve they, second yeah. chances. No, it, of course. And it's we're not talking about this person just you know having a any regular job you're talking about the opportunity to be a millionaire playing in the national hockey league that's something that's not afforded to a lot of people and shouldn't be taken lightly it's something you have to earn and you know this kid has not proven that he earned that opportunity at this point in time and it's hard to say that he will at this point and then apparently (laughs) gary bevan said that he's not he's not eligible to play and so if he's not eligible to play then that means he didn't even go to him to like you got to go to him to you know bring in the player to sign mm-hmm. the player to yeah. into your organization. Yeah. So if he's not eligible to play in the NHL or even AHL, then wh- right. <laughs> you, why? Yeah. You clearly oh, yeah. didn't do your due diligence. Uh-huh. And not You're like, just- oh, who's this guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> he was drafted a few years ago. Let's give him a shot. Like, I I don't understand. And he didn't it. even talk to the family of the victim either. Uh-huh. It, yeah, just, and now I mean, Cam Neely said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to the victim, reach out to the family, you know, apologize, go on this tour." But it's, it's just a horrible look, and you know, I don't know if this is going to affect the Bruins hockey, you know, on the ice. He is just the whatever president of the team, but it is, it's still something that if things start to go sour from here, you can almost look at that as a pivotal point because they lost to the Maple Leafs right after this happened, and right. You know, how much of that has to do with the players being like, what just happened? And, you know, now that he's gone, maybe they can move past it. But I don't know how quickly that'll happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not not a good look. And I don't want to say it's a fireball offense, but I I would have wanted them to let him go for how they've handled moves. 
<laughs> like the 2015 <laughs> uh, draft and 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 just and just anything oh, else yeah. in general. Uh, like, but I don't I don't want I want to separate the two. I don't want if, if they were great GMs but made this one horrible decision, I wouldn't just say, "Oh, it's canon. Like let's cancel them and fire them." I, I wouldn't go that far, but it's still really really poor decision. Yeah, I mean this could be like very well be like the last straw kind of decision, but I don't know. I'm I'm shocked that they kept Sweeney around and fired Cassidy. So definitely a lot of questions. Uh, you know, it's not the the first bad decision they've made just because it's the worst bad decision they made. So, but I don't know. I'd also rather be the Bruins and the Penguins still, given that Pittsburgh's lost seven in a row. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's the one saving grace. I have not signed any uh, racist bullies. So, but. Uh, anyway, I guess one other uh, non well sports topic that's somewhat non traditional to us college football. Um, you know, we have uh, talked a little more about it in you know recent episodes because there's been a lot of uh, important games this year. And this this past week, we had a huge one: one Tennessee versus three Georgia. And I mean, Georgia Bulldogs like they they look like a the the favorite in uh college football again and i i think oh, tennessee yeah. deserved to be the number one but georgia they're stealing it right back when the new uh college football playoff ranking comes out you know before that game happened i figured georgia was gonna win even though they weren't ranked as highly as tennessee but i didn't think it'd be like a blow i know i know the only one by 14 but it, the the score doesn't show like no how, and ten- how bad tennessee has the best offense in football before that and they had six points for most of the game yeah that 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 was not a convincing game and i i only watched the beginning of it because georgia just just blew them out in the mm-hmm. beginning and it, it was kind of just kind of just coasted through in that second half i didn't even bother watching it uh yeah but yeah georgia looks like the best <laughs> team again uh-huh. uh and I mean, def- I know, I know Tennessee. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're not great, but compared to, compared to Georgia, but like you said, they've still been a high powered offense and were deservedly up there, but it yeah, well, they, they just had a great resume. A lot of people really believed in Tennessee. I thought Georgia was going to win this game, but I, I thought it would, I guess I thought that Georgia would have to limit Tennessee's offense. I thought it would be more competitive, and I thought that Tennessee would score more than they did. I didn't expect the them to just not be able to put up a fight against Georgia. So uh, I definitely believe that the Bulldogs are the number one team, and uh find it hard to think that anyone else can beat them right now. Ohio State struggled this week against Northwestern. I know the conditions were horrible in that one, but I don't really believe in them. Michigan is one where, like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to see how that Big Ten, um, you know, final game of the season plays out. But uh, it does look like we're not going to have Alabama in the college football playoff after they lost to LSU. So I know you're excited about that. Yeah, I, I it's it's another team where it's it's like the Astros where like I don't hate Alabama, but I just want them to go away. Yeah, you just want <laughs> someone just, else. They're, they're always in it. It's just like uh, every single year. It's the college football playoff. It's Alabama and three other teams that don't have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sometimes Clemson does, and sometimes Georgia does. But um, how do you feel? Sometimes about... they pull it off, but yeah, Alabama is always in it, and it's just annoying. And um, it's great that they're not going to be in it, just because these last four games they they've all been close, and two of them they have lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it. It felt like Bama was not the same team that they were, you know, the past couple seasons. So I I think it's kind of proven at this point. Uh, it'll take. I think a Bryce lot Young's been great, in. but yeah. I feel like 
Will Anderson. I mean, great's not the right word, but no, he, he he's been very good this season. Um, feels Will like he's Anderson, had to carry them in a lot of moments. Yeah, Will Anderson has not been amazing this year. Like he's he's had some stats, but I I feel like he didn't really do a ton in the Tennessee game. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's the number one pick if it's a team that doesn't need a quarterback. I'm like, I like the idea of him on the Steelers, but I'm like starting to question whether last year he was awesome. And I I don't know. Um, but yeah, Bama overall, it, it is. I agree with you. It's nice to see somebody else. And uh, how do you feel about Brian Kelly these days? With uh, you know, I mean, I still don't win. like Brian Kelly, <laughs> but but cool that the, I'm glad he got the win. <laughs> and it was it was uh, gutsy to go for yeah, it. Yeah, uh, big big call go for the him. win. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, they, it was, they still have two losses. Like they're still like not. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> they. It would take a long shot, like a lot more chaos for either of those teams to make the playoffs at this point. But uh, I mean, LSU, I. When they they made the hire, I I don't really like Brian Kelly as a person, but I respect him as a football coach. That's kind of what I'm really thinking. Right? I look at it too much as a person. Yeah, no, and I get it. He's not a very likable guy, but you know he's he's proven to be a great coach who has the capability of winning. And Notre Dame, he had his limitations. LSU, he doesn't have as many. And things looked really bad when they lost to Florida State in Week One, but they're in a really good shape ever since that win. So. Uh, and I mean, they're right now they're the favorites to go to the SEC championship game, and we'll see. I don't know if I love their chances against Georgia. They got blown out by Tennessee, but that wouldn't that be their only shot of making the playoff? Oh yeah, I mean, Georgia if they beat Georgia, they're eleven and two. Then I, they would certainly have. They would a, also a need case. other teams ahead of them, like TCU and yeah, TCU. To lose we'll a, see. To I lose. feel like I feel like TCU is it's inevitable that they're going to lose a game. They keep facing backup quarterbacks. Like the other team's QB keeps getting injured. It's crazy. Uh, but they're still undefeated for now. They're also in the big 12 where it's like, I know it's not even remotely the same as the SEC. Yeah. And pac 12 is like, okay, Oregon, Southern Cal, UCLA all have one loss. One of them goes 12 and one. They probably make the playoffs, but Georgia lost or yeah, Georgia beat Oregon 49 to three week one. And Oregon's looked much better since then, but I don't think that they've closed the gap that much. And, uh, not sure if I believe in either of those teams, uh, besides them. So, uh, there is a scenario where you get two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. That would be kind of interesting. Really depends on how um, that Ohio State Michigan game plays out in um, you know the Thanksgiving weekend. But uh, I, in addition to Alabama not making it, I'm much happier that uh, Clemson is most likely not getting in after getting blown yeah, up by Notre Dame. Yeah, not yeah, not only lose to Notre Dame but lose by a lot yeah it's not even competitive in that one i mean they acc is not a strong conference not a good schedule for them and losing like that in a non-conference game should have a pretty bad effect on them in the eyes of the committee so so you had a good weekend when it comes to sports right where clemson loses and then Astros win, which you didn't mind, and the Steelers yeah. didn't have to play a game, so they. I mean, the Steelers lose. they lost the bye week by not firing Matt Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Gamecocks beat Vanderbilt though, so uh, bowl well, eligible. Too. That's nice, I know. But like, so we we didn't really get to. Well, yeah, we didn't talk about it because we didn't record then. Probably wouldn't have anyway. But being number twenty five, home game against Mizzou, and losing twenty three to ten, I'm like, all right. Gamecocks aren't they're not fully turned around yet like I was really starting to believe after beating uh Kentucky and A&M but that is classic Gamecocks being in a position where it's like everything's going great and then go out and put a, a dud like that so uh definitely tough but we'll see um 
definitely glad to be making a bowl game and would like them in the rankings again, but it would take a win over either Tennessee or Clemson. I don't know if I'm convinced that uh, that will happen, even with how how badly those two teams looked this weekend. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely excited where the uh, college football season goes from here, but I also feel like it's starting to look like Georgia is going to win it. For see, the they, they might be that row. new team now where I know, they become I, that juggernaut where it's just, you know, they're right below Clemson. Just for second. Then, then uh, they'll be the team where I'm just like, all right, like get them out of the way. And yeah. I mean, after losing all those guys to the NFL, I thought they'd take a bigger setback than they have. And it, it just, they, they might even be better than last year's team. It, yeah. It's it doesn't crazy. look convincing uh, in the games that they played that, mm-hmm. you know, the other opponents that they played like have, have made it a contest. Yeah, I know. I mean, that that one Mizzou game, and I I feel like that's the committee weighed that one game a little too much against them. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I do not want Georgia win two in a row, but it's starting to feel like it's a very likely scenario at this point. So anyway, let's uh, get ready to wrap this up with top five. So election day, Tuesday, November 8th, if you're listening to this first thing, uh, you're probably listening as I'm waiting in line to vote. I did not vote early and I found out that it would have been like a 45 minute wait if I went on Saturday like everybody else. I don't even think it's an option in New Hampshire I'm not to vote voting. early. Okay. <laughs> no. I will say that. Um, I have if, voted, but I'm not voting Yeah. now. I just, I, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I will I say that enough. if you don't know that um, it's election day, then uh, I don't know how you're finding out from this podcast. But I would I would assume that most people uh, by this. I've point seen a million time, ads on TV. And dude, I'm so ready for the yeah. commercials to be over. Like I'm I'm excited about that. That's this, that's the worst thing about this. They don't even talk about why they should vote for. They're me, all just attacking like yourself. They always yeah. say, "Oh, don't vote for this guy. He's uh, is not. He's going to take advantage of you." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, how about talk about why you're the They've guy for never, the job or the woman yeah, for the job? Very, very few of them. No, it's it's all attack ads. And it's just like uh, just trying to watch football, and I get bombarded with three in a row. Just like I, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm excited for that part of it to be over. I'd be the worst in debates like that. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> attack the other person like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why that's why I don't. I don't know. I hate this time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hating stuff. this time of the year, I just got an alert on my uh, laptop saying temps plummet. So I guess it's going to be cold tomorrow. That's not oh, fun. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll have to be bundled up while I'm waiting. Uh, anyway, let's try to have a little fun with election season and uh, count down our favorite fictional politicians in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So, uh, I'm just going to throw out there. Our lists are pretty different. Uh, we'll we'll oh, see I, how this conversation w- goes. W- one thing I'll mention, I, I just pick favorites like in, in movies or characters I like. Because uh-huh. there are a couple on my list where not only would you not vote for them, they, they're like... <laughs> Uh, they're bad they're legit bad people yeah but I, but I, just I, I tried to care. go with like actual good people on mine but it's also yeah, like mo- i have a lot of comedy like you know maybe not but anyway let's get into it get started yeah. to number five and we'll talk about it yeah okay so for my number five is a good person <laughs> it's uh goldie wilson from back to the future do, do you do you remember goldie wilson back yeah to the i future? had to look him up but yes i i he came back to me 
Yeah, he, he he's in. So I, I saw I've seen Back to the Future several times, but it was on this weekend. I watched oh, watched it. And the first one's my favorite. And he's mm-hmm. in the first one, not for very long. But you, you see you see Marty go back, go back to 1955. And he sees he's at this diner and his dad's there and he's getting beaten up by bullies. Coincidentally, we we're talking about bullies earlier. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Biff and, you know, after he you know, gets bullied by Biff and the other guys, Goldie Wilson comes up to him like, why don't you stand up for yourself? And, and he talks about how he's going to, he's going to make something of his life and I'm going to go to night school and I'm going to be, I'm going to do great things. And then Marty just comes out and says, yeah, that's right. You're going to be mayor. And he's like, mayor, that's a great idea. I'm going to become mayor. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know. He just comes off. I know, I know it was only a minute or two minutes in the movie, but he stood up for George and and thought you know was aspiring to do great things, and he became mayor uh, in Back to the Future. So uh, yeah, the cool story. I I think like this pick makes me think uh, there's definitely like some people that I'm just not thinking of because oh, there's I'm, I'm such sure minor roles. And but yeah, I, I think it's a good one for number five. That, yeah. that is a good starting point. Um, so my number five is Jed Bartlett. And I'm going to be completely honest, I have never seen the West Wing, the West Wing um, HBO show. I don't know that I ever will. But a president from New Hampshire, he probably should be an honorable mention, but he's at the top or near the top of so many fictional politicians lists that I have no qualms of putting at my number five. As soon as I like started to look into the show, Martin Sheen is a, the actor who plays him. And like I've, I've known about him before. I knew it was this guy from New Hampshire. He eventually becomes a president. He was a governor for multiple terms. Everyone, uh, or not everyone, but a lot of people describe him as like this ideal politician, just like a really good person, someone who's easy to root for and almost makes me want to take the time to watch the show. It was from like 97 to 2005. And, uh, you know, it's it's very old at this point. I'm sure that the, the political landscape is nothing today like it was back then but i gotta give a shout out to this guy i mean president from new hampshire on a big time hbo show if i watched it i'm convinced i'd put him at number one so instead i'll just throw him at number five so for my number four my number four doesn't even have a name (laughs) he was literally just called mr president in the movie and it's the president from national treasure 2 you've seen the movie right yeah yeah i haven't seen national treasure 2 in a while but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I haven't about. either. Uh, the first one is better, and the mm-hmm. first one I actually saw again recently. It was on again. Nice, but but the second one is a good movie. Again, not as good as, not as good as the first, but in the second one, there's a part. It's kind of a spoiler, but there's a part where where Benjamin Gates, Nicholas Cage's character, he crashes the a president's birthday party, and he ends up actually kidnapping him by. You know, they're they're exploring some secret door, uh, you know, in Mount Vernon, and then all of a sudden the door closes and his guards can't get to him, and so he technically is kidnapping him. And the reason why he did was because he needs to know where the secret book is, because that's what, it's called National True Book of Secrets, of secrets and it has all these secrets uh, uh, that only the presidents, that him and other past presidents know about, and and he ends up he ends up. Uh, telling him exactly you know what the situation is and that he can't help him from there because and eventually Benjamin Gates leads him to freedom and he lets him go but he also ends up 
uh, the president ends up telling him where exactly to find the book in the Library of Congress and this floor, this this wing and all that. And so I don't know. I found his character. I, I don't know. I was a really likable character, uh, especially in that moment. Yeah. And important parts of the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good turning point. Uh huh. Um, yeah, d- definitely. A but good didn't one. have a I, name. Can't, can't give him a name. Though. I, yeah, I enjoy the national treasure movies. Uh, you know, I, not enough to just put the random president in there, but, uh, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, number four is a character from one of my favorite Disney movies, one of your least favorites, and that is the Sultan of Agrabah from Aladdin. And before I talk about the Sultan, well, I will say... Well, Will, Will, uh, isn't it Will that hates Aladdin? Will did hate it most, but didn't you say well, that you don't like it? It was, I didn't, it was okay. Like, I didn't... Okay, I thought that you were, like, more on his side than my side, but... Well, I mean, if I had to pick a side, yeah, I'd probably pick <laughs> Will's side, but, like, I don't, I don't, like, hate it, hate it with uh-huh. passion or anything. Like, I think Will was the one that hated it. Yeah, he had it on his uh, top five of uh, movies that everyone likes, but he doesn't. Um, yeah, like, I'll admit, like, I didn't care for it. Yeah, so anyway, I am a big fan of Aladdin, and I was very tempted to go with Jafar, who is the Grand Vizier, or whatever the term is, um, of the Sultan, but I hate Jafar so much. Like, he is one of my least <laughs> favorite characters of all time and part of me is like well that makes him great because he's a great villain but he has no redeeming qualities so i just i couldn't bring myself to try to hype up jafar and just how bad he is so instead i'm going to talk about the funny sultan in this uh the one who is not like the one person on my list who was not duly elected as a politician he was just became the ruler uh but he's still a fun character jasmine's father and um yeah, I mean, he's uh, part of the reason why I enjoy this movie. He's not the genie. He's not Iago, who's really the only positive thing about Jafar is his parrot. But I do think the Sultan's a funny guy. And uh, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to him and a shout out to Aladdin by putting him at number four on my list. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't hate Aladdin, but yeah, it's not It's not my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, okay, no, that's fair. I, I, yeah, I didn't fully remember that conversation. But anyway, you move forward to number three. For my number three, it takes a turn because this guy was a an antagonist, like not a good yeah. person. But I just thought it was a really good character. Uh, it was Senator Charles Meacham in the movie Shooter. And have you ever seen the movie Shooter? I have not. No, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. It's a very oh okay. It's a yeah Mark Wahlberg movie, action movie, great great movie, and and Char and. It's played by uh, this character is played by Ned Beatty or Ned Beatty, and he's the main antagonist in the movie Shooter, corrupt senator, but he he does a great job uh, as the antagonist in the movie. And I'll admit it's kind of hard to give away spoilers, but you don't. It's a movie that yeah. you should check out for sure. And okay. and there are a lot of uh, plot twists, and and he's part of the reason why. I'll admit, I kind of give it away that he's the antagonist, though, because in the <laughs> beginning of the movie... You think he's, he's a good person? Yeah, he's played off as a good person, and he uh, he reaches out for Mark Wahlberg's character's help in the beginning of the movie because he and others think that there's going to be an execution that's going to happen uh, to the president in that movie. But uh, I can't, again, I can't give away more spoiler alerts. Uh, uh-huh. You have to see it. Yeah, so mine are all, I, I don't know if, 
I would directly say protagonists. Um, they're all positive characters. They're all people that you either root for or find funny. Like they're all from like comedies, with the exception of Jed Bartlett, my number five. Uh, but my number three is very much a protagonist, and that's Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. And I, I think there are a few characters I could have gone with from the show. And honestly, I enjoy Parks and Rec. I haven't seen it all the way through. I haven't seen every single episode, but every time I've watched it, I've liked it. And I feel like I could have put more characters from the show and even put them uh, much higher on this list if I had a greater appreciation for the show. But regardless, Leslie Nope's the main character on this, and I've always liked her. And she kind of fits this mold based on later in the show. I think even just in flashbacks, she becomes like the governor of Indiana, possibly the president of the United States. But she's just someone who believes that the government and you know politicians are supposed to do good things to their community. For her, it's Pawnee, Indiana. And I like that sentiment because there are a lot of corrupt politicians in this world. And if I can spotlight a good politician, I'm going to go with her. So Leslie Nope for me, number three. I did think about going with Jerry on this one, who becomes the mayor of Pawnee. Uh, I think he's a really funny kind of side character everyone picks on, but has a lot of redeeming qualities um, anyway. But to me, I'm just going to go with the main character here. Leslie Nope, number three. For my number two, it's another main antagonist. Have you ever seen The Hunger Games? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, I went with President Snow uh, from the the Hunger Games. And he's played by uh, Donald Sutherland. And I thought he was a great villain uh, throughout the, the whole Hunger Games trilogy. And... And yeah, like I and he he was the president of Penham, and I thought he was a great character. And I I really got into the Hunger Games. I I didn't think I would, but because I I remember coming into that movie thinking like oh God, this is gonna be a total chick flick. Um, it's gonna be like Twilight, but no, not at uh, all. I I really yeah I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was. I thought it would be. It, yeah. It had a so lot you of didn't. Popular- you never read the books, son. No, I did. I or I read the first book, but I didn't. Oh, read, uh, okay. I didn't read the second or third one, but you still I, thought I the, like you had low expectations for the movie. Yeah, I I didn't. I thought it'd be like Twilight because every because the popularity with Twilight uh, was through the roof mm-hmm. uh, with with people, and then I thought it'd be kind of like that with the Hunger Games, but the Hunger Games is much much better than Twilight. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and those are it was a great trilogy, and and he was a great character. That's. Okay. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I guess I, I didn't love the Hunger Games. I I didn't necessarily dislike it, but he the was first one is important. the best movie. I will yeah. say. No, I mean, and I, the best book. Uh huh. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, I haven't even read the other two. <laughs> yeah. So I I will say that um, there's nothing wrong with putting a a good villain, and I I do think that President Snow is a very good villain. You know, I'm still not going to spotlight Jafar, but just in general, I <laughs> I appreciate the concept. Um, so my number two is Adam West, you know, of course the, the late great actor, but we're going with the fictionalized version with him from family guy, just, uh, a wild character, a wild mayor of Quahog. He's a recurring character on the show, but he just provides a ton of comedic effects and I, I love it. I never really watched, uh, any of the old Batman Adam West stuff. So this is pretty much my only association with him, but I think he's a funny character, just, uh, crazy mayor 
puts Kohog in horrible positions, uh, but definitely adds some entertainment to the show. I watched a 28-minute highlight, like best of Adam West YouTube video recently, and there are multiple things that are just like making me crack up laughing. Just uh, a lot of great little cut-in scenes, and even times where he's kind of like the main star of an episode. Uh, I do think he adds a ton to that show. I've always been a big Family Guy fan. Uh, you know, when I thought about fictional politicians, Adam West was one of the first names that came to mind. And uh, not surprised he came in here at number two for me. For my number one, so I, I, I'm I, not surprised if we didn't uh, match up with two through five. Like, I'll admit, mm-hmm. I was kind of just splitting hairs with two through five. But number one <laughs> yeah. was a lock for me. And I'm kind of surprised it's on your list, unless you haven't seen the movie. But I picked President Thomas Whitmore from the movie Independence Day. And and obviously he's the president in that movie. And the aliens came to Earth and caused destruction throughout the entirety of the planet. And and it could have it could have gone bad for the rest of the planet and aliens could have took over, but the human race fought back and his speech at the end of the movie kind of really stood out because it, you know, he talks about, we can't be consumed by our differences anymore. We have to, we have to unite and we have to fight for our right to live and to exist. And, you know, at the end he goes, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on, and we're going to survive because today we celebrate our Independence Day. And it's a very inspiring speech at the end of the movie. And it's also cool that a president actually went out to fight and like along with everyone. Uh, I yeah. don't know. There's like, something cool about that when the president actually is out there fighting with the, you know, the rest of the fighter pilots. Yeah, I have not seen Independence Day. So oh, you I, haven't? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have the same appreciation, but I mean, I, I know that you're a big fan, so that uh, yeah, it makes great sense. Great Will Smith yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, probably part of the reason why I also didn't have Will Smith like super high up on my fictional wills is that I, you know, this is just another one of his films that I haven't seen. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised when I, I looked up who this guy was and saw his from Independence Day. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> well, once you said that you haven't seen it, it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, that explains it. Because okay. if you haven't... He would be in my top five. I think it would be, yeah. Okay, let's get to know. Uh, yeah, so I think that I was kind of all over the place in terms of how I wanted to construct my list. And um, wrapping up my number one, maybe not someone I expected, but the more I thought about it, I... I do think that uh, he belongs here, and that is Marty Huggins from the movie The Campaign. And he is played by Zach Galifianakis, who is one of my favorite actors. And he runs against a character, Cam Brady, played by Will Ferrell, who, you know, we talked about Will's. Like, he was my number one Will. And I would not put The Campaign on one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies lists. I don't think it's that great of a movie, but there are a lot of good laughs, and I... Just really appreciate Marty Huggins' character. He becomes someone who's really easy to root for. Uh, Cam Brady, Will Ferrell's character, is running unopposed, but he gets caught in an affair scandal, and uh, Marty Huggins is seen as like this person who's just like a tour guide in the fictional 14th district of North Carolina, whatever county, and he's someone who gets made to be his opponent, and he's uh, you know dressed up 
as a an actual legitimate candidate and someone who's seen as just like this really nice guy really cares about his community gets caught up in the corruption of politics uh but in the end it, it's all about just his actual love and appreciation for his state his county you know where he lives and um comes easy to root for with of course plenty of laughs i mean that scene where he's talking with his wife and his two kids i don't know if you've seen the movie but he's talking with his wife and two kids and they're like sharing like all right you know we're our lives are about to come public if you've done anything you can't tell please you know like we'll talk about this now we'll pray and um it is hilarious just the things that come out of the kids and wife mouth just he just left horrified uh, I, I don't want to ruin the the you know laughs for anyone who hasn't seen it but it is uh probably the funniest scene in that movie and i think that you know that scene was i was like you know what i'm gonna make marty number one on my list just because of that so one uh honorable mention that i had was uh harrison ford he was in a movie called air force one he played the president and it's basically the Rus- Russians take over the plane, take over Air Force One. And and he actually, uh, Harrison Ford's character in the movie has to save everybody, uh, like actually himself. Yeah. Uh, I've I thought never about using him. I thought about uh, using him, but like I didn't care for the movie. <laughs> interesting. I've never seen it, but like I did kind of read about him and he's like, that character is also like very high on a lot of people's lists. I, I They're just other harrison four movies that i like so much more like the fugitive it's one of my favorite movies indiana jones indiana jones all the yeah yeah all the indiana jones movies are better and so like that movie wasn't we didn't say star wars (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um and then robin williams he played uh he was in a movie called man of the year i don't know if you've ever seen that movie no i've only seen it once I, i don't remember it being that great uh but the fact that it was robin williams i don't know yeah, uh, I've only seen it once. And it was so long ago, so I couldn't even remotely tell you what the movie was about, other than him running for president. Yeah, I mean, I I will say that choosing this topic made me realize that I don't watch a lot of political based shows. Yeah, like, when I was searching for stuff, I'm like, man, I don't I don't know, if, like I can't use that one if I don't haven't even. Yeah, seen... like part of me is like I I feel like Frank and Claire Underwood belong like at least one of them belongs on this list i've never watched house of cards i've heard a lot about them it's also hard for me to be like yeah i'm gonna throw a kevin spacey character that i've never seen on a list right now uh, uh, have you ever seen the movie white house down with uh i have Jamie not Tatum? no no I, so yeah. i've seen that and jimmy jamie fox is the president in that movie yeah. and there's a part where the terrorists are taking over and him uh, jimmy fox's character and another guy are in a fight and they're on the ground and then Jamie Foxx is attacking him with his shoes, and he's like, don't mess with my Jordans. <laughs> like, that part was kind of funny, but it's like, yeah, wasn't a, another movie that wasn't very good. Now, I, I'm a big fan of Jamie Foxx, so I'd probably be tempted to put him on there just because. But it's worth I watching once. I watched it on a plane. Okay. Uh, you know, like a 10-hour flight somewhere, yeah. and they had movies, just and that like was a, one of the ones I watched. a filler movie. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, really the two honorable mentions that I like considered putting on my list, um, the mayor of Townsville from Powerpuff Girls, were just like, uh, he was like the first ever politician we saw. Also voiced by Tom Kenny, you know, SpongeBob. So that's cool. And 
uh, President Martinez from Corey in the House, but I was like, <laughs> I mean, just because I have the name in it, he's like whatever. Like he's he's not one of my favorite characters on the show. Not enough to include here. So yeah, I, I, it's like what you said. I it made me realize like, wow, I haven't watched that many movies with presidents that I or or senators or governors or whatever. And like that uh-huh. really stood out to me. Yeah. I know. I thought there would be a lot more obvious options. Yeah, but... the, the my number one was a lock, and then two yeah. through five, like just characters I like. Yeah, I know. Good or that's bad that's fair. I would say this is the first time we did a top five, just the two of us, since like July. So it kind of felt overdue to to get something on here. So right, I thought this is an interesting one. Um, no, it makes sense. Yeah, something it just kind of randomly came to me and realized, you know, maybe there's probably a lot more. Uh, top five ideas that i just don't think of that we we need to come up with so but anyway that'll do it for this one um have some exciting plans coming up most likely next week where we'll uh continue to talk about football and other sports that we don't necessarily talk about very often but are relevant oh come on (laughs) (laughs) no no i get it but like no we could watch I... i did watch the last uh Believe it or not, I did watch the last 10 minutes of the MLS Cup because yeah. it was on Fox and I was thinking I was going to watch some of the pregame, but then all of a sudden the soccer is on. Like, what oh, the heck is this? I didn't even think about and that. Then, it was back to back. Yeah. Yeah, it was back to back and it was two to two. And it went to in, in overtime and right? extra, excuse me, extra yeah. time. And Philly, the Philadelphia Union score, uh-huh. make it three to two. And you think they're going to pull off the, the win. But then the L.A., not even Galaxy anymore, the yes. L.A. football club. Well, no, there's two different L.A. teams. Oh, the that's why. The team, yeah. Oh, LAFC. So, uh-huh. so L.A.F.C. scores in the last dying seconds to force penalty kicks, and then Philly doesn't even make one penalty kick. And Oh, really? And then L- Yeah, that's they didn't make wild. a single one. I didn't watch any of it. I should Yeah, the L.A. got three of them, and they didn't even need the extra yeah. one. They got three out of four. That's and crazy. You never LA see didn't like, make a that one. many misses. Huh. How do you miss? It's a penalty kick. How do you miss it? Yeah, it's usually like five to four with like the, one one idiot. And who, one guy screws it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's crazy. But None they of them all can screwed make it up. And then, wow. yeah, they lost two champ- championships in one day. <laughs> yeah, that's so. tough. I don't, I don't know that it's ever happened before. So, What pissed me about that was that L.A. loves soccer but hates yeah. American football. <laughs> it was a uh-huh. packed house in the – for for soccer but for yeah. f- for football when it comes it's to like, the all, rams all away team fans they can't even make the they can't even there were more Bengals fans in the super bowl it's in yeah. la like crazy they're they're pathetic when it comes to like actually like american football but mm-hmm. soccer though wow they'll pack all a about house. it <laughs> all about it they're all about soccer there yeah. So anyway, the World Cup is coming up. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about it. Oh. USA is in it, at least. <laughs> I believe that we will win. Uh. I believe that we... And then just losing the first round. Yeah, we'll see. They didn't Any... even make it. They didn't even make it the last time. They didn't. They didn't even make but the, they're like, the group stage. Back in it. Three hundred million people in our country, and yeah. Iceland is making it uh, to the group stage. I think. So. I think we can get to the knockout round, but we'll see. I don't know. I believe that we will win. No. No, I, I don't all believe right. it at all. For my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Devotty. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>